Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening and welcome to our podcast. We are freedom from covert harassment and surveillance. I'm Derek Robinson, the moderator. Tonight is Saturday, July the 4th, 2015, Independence Day. And our topic tonight is psychiatric abductions and what we can do about it. We're here on Saturdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time if you'd like to join us live to educate and assist those who are targets of organized stalking, remote electronic assaults, and more. And to let you know that you are not alone and that there are many thousands and millions of us nationwide and worldwide, working together for our freedom. Views expressed during our podcast are those of our callers and not necessarily those of FFCHS. And now for some announcements. The Portland, Oregon support group will be having its next meeting on Saturday, or its first meeting actually, Saturday, July 11th, 2015 at 4.15 to 5.45 p.m. Pacific Time. The location is the Multnomah County Library, Hollywood Branch, at 4040 Northeast Tillamook Street in Portland, Oregon. For more information, the contact person is Amy Dale at 971-207-3401. Recently, the subject came up of TED Talks on a Saturday night call a few weeks ago. TED is an acronym for Technology, Entertainment, and Design. These are 17-minute talks designed to inspire ideas and creativity on a particular topic. So I would highly recommend members of our community visiting the site, TED.com, and viewing some of these speeches and seeing if uh, some of you would like to do a TED Talk about our issues. Now, we may have to have a few more answers a few more success stories than we have now, but perhaps sometime in the near future, somebody could do a TED Talk about our issues. Something to think about. Okay, our topic. Surprisingly, we've not addressed this subject prior to tonight at our Saturday podcast. Psychiatric holds are a recurring situation in our community that is often traumatic for the victim seems that a couple times a month, someone gets abducted by the mental health system for involuntary observation, usually for speaking about our issues to the police or in a hospital setting. And when we had our legal committee, we simply referred these cases there. However, since this committee has been disbanded, we are now struggling to respond to these emergency events. So tonight, perhaps we can begin to develop some protocols for addressing the situation that will be easy and effective for psychiatric abduction victims. So at this time, I'd like to invite callers to start eight on your phone so that we can begin our discussion. Psychiatric abductions is our topic tonight. 
Um, I would like to mention as we begin this, this discussion that uh, according to our survey, our surveys from, um, uh, we have a survey site which produces uh, these uh, surveys once a month, roughly 20% uh, or um, a fifth of our community, uh, according to these surveys, have been involuntarily uh, held on psychiatric hold. So um, uh, percentage-wise, it's not that significant in, in our community, but it seems like whenever it happens, it's traumatic not only for the victim, but for the community. Um, you know, whenever someone gets gets involuntarily snatched up by the system, it affects everybody. And we're all concerned and stressed out about what to do to help this person. Um, so um, according to our, our survey uh, and percentage-wise, it's, uh, it's a small number, but still it's significant whenever it happens. Uh, Derek, this is Melinda. Yeah. I would like to say what happened to me the first week after I became uh, after I became aware of being targeted. And this was very scary. Um, I had two police officers. Uh, I went to, to Stanley's in, in Sherman Oaks for a glass of wine with some friends and then left. And while I was there, though, two police officers came into the restaurant, kind of went into the back. And that's very rare. I'd never seen that before. Um, then about 9.30, that was about 5 o'clock, 5.30. Then about 9.30. Melinda, are you on your computer? Are you I don't have computer? the speakers on there turned off. I'm on. Okay, well, someone, okay, I'll meet at several people. If you have your speakers is, on is and that, on the tele, I'm on Well, it's probably not you. I have, I've muted a few people, so... Uh, if you're unmuted and you have your speakers on while you're on the telephone, if you could mute one or the other, that will kind of eliminate the uh, the echo. Okay, thanks. Uh, continue. Okay, on. this is brief, but it's important. Uh, the same two policemen at 9.30 at night came to my door with a social worker uh, from Tarzana Hospital, and I let them in. I don't know. They're, they're going to sabotage this. They would not give me their cards. I asked for the cards three or four times. But anyway, they finally reluctantly did, except the social worker just left a piece of paper, an admittance uh, thing from Tarzana Hospital. And they said that a friend of mine had called them to say that I was a danger to myself and possibly to others. Well, I laughed. <laughs> I said, I've never been happier in my life. I, and no friend of mine would do that without calling me first or whatever. So they, they, repeated, they repeated it. Yes, the friend called. I said, well, who's the friend? They wouldn't tell me. And uh, the guy went, went around my apartment with a flashlight. Uh, this was 9.30 and I was dark, but I had lights on. I did have tinfoil up because, as I said, I just became aware. So I had it around the bed and I had it around my workstation. Um, he didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. So it just kind of went on like that. And, uh, I, I, I kept asking them questions. They did not ask me questions. Okay, who was the friend? And when did they call and blah, blah, etc. Bottom line is they, one said to the other, you know, she really doesn't look like a danger to herself. or She looks fine. I said, thank you. It's quite true. I'm not. 
And they finally left, and as I said, reluctantly, the social worker left a sheet of paper. I called the sheet of paper next day and wanted to get his name, why, and who called. Um, I guess that is a 911 call, so it is still recorded. Uh, I don't know how I would go about getting it, but I certainly would like to know, because isn't it odd that somebody out of the blue can call the police and say, so-and-so is a danger to herself, and blah, 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 you better get over there and get her in the hospital. Because none of my friends, I called all around and nobody did it. In fact, some of them oh. were kind of shocked. Um, so that was a perp set up. And to me, it's rather disgusting that the police or whoever do not qualify the person, meaning do not ask the person questions, I'm assuming, uh, that would, uh, what is your relationship, how long have you known him, was the last time, you know, that kind of stuff. Because whatever they said was, would have been a total lie. Right, right. Well, I guess because um, this person maybe had no relation to you, um, that um, the, the one of the cops fortunately did, you know, question, you know, this this anonymous tip. So uh, you were very fortunate. Well, no, no, they didn't. Uh, no, I questioned it. It, well, he, the one guy said, well, he, well, she doesn't look like a danger to herself. Oh, that was, he was saying that to, in other words, let's go, guys. She doesn't look like a danger to her herself. He, she looks oh. fine, is what he was saying to his fellow policeman. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so fortunately that that happened because, you know, it were, you know, if, if, if one of them did not say that, then they could have very easily you know, taking it away. That's what, it happens all the time. Uh, it, it was very scary, and I cannot believe that somebody can just call, pick up the phone, and call the cops and have you committed. To me, something is very, very wrong there. Well, yeah, I mean, if if it's that easy to do. Yeah. Um, if if you had two corrupt cops, you could have been, it could have been a different story. Well, I don't know. I've never seen them around. They haven't, they weren't at the block party. And uh, I don't know who they, I have their, their cards, but who says the cards are right? Everything was right. printed in. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, it's it's uh, sometimes touch and go. And uh, there there are TIs that just, there has been, there was no discussion or anything. They were just snatched up. So that I think that's happen. so scary. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. scary. So it, it just, it just depends. Um, uh, it, it just depends. I don't know. And also, I was very calm, uh, sat on the couch and kind of laughed. I said, I've never been happier. I said that to myself the other day. And non-confrontive. And, and I think, you know, anybody who knows me knows I can be kind of in your face, but I took, I just, my I didn't even think about it. I just took the opposite attack. Mm-hmm. And basically, I wanted to find out some information, of course, who, who who said it, and if it is a 911 call, it is still on tape, correct, even though it is two years ago? Right. Well, um, yeah, everybody has um, a different story about those that have been abducted. If you'd like to share your story about what happened and how you got released, you know, that'll be fine. We'd like to hear about it. Uh, Everybody seems to have a different uh, take on what happened to them and the, the, uh, the course of events that transpired, um, usually it has to do with police or a hospital. 
there are some that have been in the hospital and tried to explaining, you know, their symptoms and how they got there and things like that, which, you know, the moment they mention electromagnetic attacks, then they are, you know, whisked away to the psych ward. And that happens quite, quite often. Um, and there was one lady in our group who um, who took her kids to the, to the emergency room and wanted an examination because she felt that they had uh, been microchipped. Well, she was psych, <laughs> she was uh, you know escorted to the psych ward immediately. And um, so I mean, she was a new uh, TI to the group. I guess she didn't know. You know, she had heard about these microchips. She just wanted you know her kids to be safe. And uh, so anyway, that happened to her. So it it happens in a variety of ways. And uh, and I would say the hospitals and police are most uh, known for that. Okay, uh, any other observations about um, your experience uh, being uh, taken away, voluntarily committed, or if... Um, if you're a social worker, if you're a medical person, if you had some insights to share about that. So hopefully we can we can start to develop some type of protocol because this happens quite often to our community. Uh, even last um, as of last week, there was somebody that was sending out emails in the community. Uh, I believe the name was John Phillips, who was um, who was taken to the Massachusetts system. Uh, I believe he has been released, but uh, it was pretty serious, and uh, he was, I mean, it can be very traumatizing uh, to have that happen, I imagine. So, um, but anyway, fortunately, that situation has been resolved, but there are a couple others that are still um, languishing in the psych wards uh, this evening, including uh, someone called me from the Twin Towers, um, correctional facility in Los Angeles, and uh, he somehow got there um, because of his targeting somehow, and we really didn't get a chance, uh, speaking on the phone, to really go into details about what happened to him, but sometimes people do land in jail and in prison because of the targeting situation. So, um, you know, all of these... Uh, all of these have to be uh, addressed somehow, and maybe we can develop some things to, you know, to do that. If some of you are familiar with the system, uh, your input would be invaluable here. Hi, this is Sally Ann from Massachusetts. Okay, this is who? Sally Ann. Oh, hi, Sally Ann. Welcome to the call. Hi, Derek. I actually was hospitalized three times. I you were? Three times? Wow. Yeah. Um, I am bipolar, and um, I live my life. 35 years without ever being hospitalized. And then um, 
I started hearing these sounds, and I called my brothers to help me because I knew that I was being harassed. And um, my brother said he was going to meet a friend at my house, showed up with a social worker, and... um, no, I talked to them about the sounds and everything, and um, then the fella told me he was from the Massachusetts Department of Mental Health, and I was like, okay, this is a setup, and I was like really, really angry, and um, I, they left, and I left too. I got in my car, and I, I drove away, but when I was driving away, my brother and my social worker were standing on the lawn of my condominium talking, and I was like, oh, this is trouble. And um, I went to see a friend that afternoon, and um, I got home about 6 o'clock. And when I, when I was going to my condominium, my condo door, the man across the hall who was a friend of mine came out, And he said that the police and the fire had been there. They were all over the hall. They were banging on my door. And I said, well, how many of them were there? He he said, I don't know. They were all over the hall. And I'm like, so I went in my house. And um, I put two and two together. I knew that something was going to happen and that they would come back. So I went to, I, I was home maybe 10 minutes. I left. I went back to my friend's house. And um, I had planned on staying over his house, but um, I ended up leaving there about 1230 at night, going back to my condo. And um, when I got back, my door had been broken in. There was the uh, yellow um, police tape across the door. Um, I mean, the to- the door was totally destroyed. I mean, it was not safe. Wow. I, I went, I went in. I closed the door. I went in. I went to bed. I figured they wouldn't come back that night. So, um, and another thing, they had been through my house. And my I, house had and I had left a candle on, and they didn't even blow the candle out in the house. That's how ignorant this is. So anyway, um, the next day I, I I got up early and left the house. I didn't have to be to work till eleven. I was a delivery driver for a sandwich shop. I went I went to work at eight thirty. Told my supervisor what was going on. Um, my, my the manager there was very upset. He was. He was a grouch, he was a mean man. But um I um I was out in the back parking lot, nine o'clock I called my therapist and she said, Well, they'll find you, they'll come to your job and they'll they'll get you. So you might as well turn yourself in. So that's what I did. She told me to go to one of the and turn myself into the emergency room. So that's what I did. And um, 
I ended up staying in that emergency room. It was like a dungeon. They had a whole bunch of us down in this um, basement room. I mean, there were beds there and everything, but um, no windows. And they take everything away from you. They take all your clothes. They give you a johnny. They take everything away. You talk about everything. And then, and I, I sat there in a hospital bed for five days. And there was a man there who was really getting upset because the social workers came in and said, oh, we're going to place you in a, in a institution. You know, we're going to send you somewhere. And we, we were all, there was like 10 of us were just sitting there for like days. And um, um, this man knew somebody in Boston. He made a phone call. And that very day, we were all um, transported by ambulance to different hospitals. And I smoked, so I told them I wanted to go someplace where I could smoke. So um, I ended up at the Pembroke Hospital in Massachusetts. And um, it was devastating because there was nothing wrong with me. No, there's nothing wrong with me. I mean, I, I am bipolar, but there was nothing wrong with me. And um, I did tell um, the social worker there and the doctor that there was a game going on. And um, it was, uh, I was playing this game with these people and um, they were making all these, these frequency noises and motor noises and everything. And um, the doctor and the social worker were very interested in it. But while I was there, I thought I was at a country club. The food was great. I was um, was very friendly with people. I had my Bible with me. And usually I like to take my Bible with me wherever I go. And I had it with me, and I was talking to people about the Lord, and and I was I was just very chipper. I was just really, you know, it was like, okay, make the best of this, you know. The food's good. I'm getting a vacation, you know. And so I was out of there in like five days. Let me go. Oh. And I had I had this woman in stitches in the um in the social room with the TV. They had Dancing with the Stars on, and I was making fun of all the outfits. And I had this woman in stitches. She had to get up and go to the bathroom. She was laughing so hard. But that was my first time. Then um, I, um, my therapist told me to move. So I moved out of my condo, and I rented it. And I was living with my mom, and I was being stalked and harassed, and I was noticing it. And um, I went into a rage. I was um, yelling at these perps. I was yelling at them. I said, F you, go home. That's what I was yelling at them. And um, I guess I yelled at a couple of people that weren't weren't perps, or maybe they were, but they went down to the police station. They complained about me. My sister-in-law worked 
as a crossing guard. She knew the police. She came to my mother's house and told my mother that the police were after me. My mother got really upset. Um, I, uh, I ended up turning myself back in just to satisfy the police, you know, that I was being taken care of. You know, it was like an escape route. I turned myself back in. Then my mother, and I was there for like, I don't know, a week or so. I don't know, a week, maybe two weeks. Um, And um, my mother would not take me back. She told me I couldn't come back and live with her. And um, my condo was rented, so I had no place to live. So the doctor didn't want to let me go because I had no place to go. I finally convinced him that I was fine. I was going to go stay at a motel. So I I was staying in a motel. I got released again. I was staying at a motel, and there was a perp next door to my motel room. There were perps next door, and um, I heard him talking on the phone. I wanted to know what he was saying, so I took a glass, and I put it up against the wall, and I was listening to him, and he was saying, I want some. So-and-so wants some. So-and-so wants some. And I figured they were going to gang-bang me. So um, I was scared. And um, I did a really stupid thing. I had gone to visit my mom. And I was on my way home. And I was going to go back to this motel. And I was afraid to go back to the motel. And I'm on the highway. And I called the state cop. And I told him about it. And they said, well, where are you? And I told them where I was, and they said, well, just pull over and wait, and we will come and get you. We'll come and, we'll come and, we'll come and get you. And um, so I pulled over, and I waited, and they showed up with an ambulance. And, um, you know, no, we're going to check you out, you know. But the thing is, when they show up, when the police do that, when the police say, you know, say, we, think, uh, we, think we think you should go um, to the hospital, you can refuse. You can sign a paper and refuse, which I have done. I have done that um, because I had a couple of other incidents. And, um, and then, look, I'm fine. I take responsibility for myself. Give me the paperwork and I'll sign it. I've done that um, twice with incidents. Is that, uh, what state are you in? Massachusetts. It could be a state thing. You know, every state has different laws about that. But that's the first time I've heard that. You know, it probably depends on which state you're in. Yeah, but, you know, it's like we should, everybody should know about that because you can sign, like, a release, you know, refuse for treatment, whatever. Well, yeah. I mean, if they have that, uh, and, and you could ask about it if, if that uh, if that arises. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you guys are here, if you hear that, 
um, you can ask about about that. What she's saying, that's important information. Uh, yeah, do you know um, what? You know, you can kind of. Well, you have you, to be able to talk to them in a calm, a calm way. You know, you have to be able to. You can't be out of control or um, had any kind of major outburst or anything like that because. Um, Right. As long as they would do it, but if you're like, as long as you're calm or something, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, what's the phrase that you that you use again? That you that you're fine. That you're not a danger to yourself. And uh, what do you you ask for a paper to sign? What what is it that you ask for to sign? I said, uh, well, I know they have a paper. It's like, look, I it's just like um, a. A release. I mean, look, I, I, I don't. Um, I'm fine. I don't need to do this. Um, if you just give me the paperwork, I'll sign it for you. That's all I say. Uh-huh. Um, uh, that's happened twice. But um. Uh, the police have really been trained to look for people with mental illness. They're trained. It's like one of the first things they do in their own persona is try to analyze a person and see if they're um, disturbed, you know. I mean, I've had them say to me, oh, you're licking your lips. Well, um People on medicine lick their lips. People on psychiatric medicines will lick their lips. Now, I found that out. I, I, you know, I do it a lot. I lick my lips. Which, um, they notice these things. They know what to look for. The police do. But you can talk to them if, 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 they don't have, like, a warrant from a doctor. You can talk to them and um, explain to them that you're all right and you, they should be able to give you that paper. Now, I've heard of other people being taken away forcibly. So I don't know what that's all about. But this was um, this was back in like 2010, 2011, and I don't know if like the police procedures have changed or not. So, but I'm just I'm just keeping a low a low key. I mean, I'm living right. alone. I'm very very lonely. I'm very very. Um, taken back and overwhelmed by this thing. And when I go out, I really don't talk to anybody. I don't, um, you know, I go in a store or something. I don't talk to anybody in the store. I don't uh, have any kind of an exchange with anybody because I don't trust anybody. Um, I go to church but I know that the perps can even follow me in church. So I, I've met a couple of people, and I, I, um, I, have made, I have made a couple of friends, 
but I also have met people that I don't trust. I had a woman, um, I met a woman at the church, and she was saying that she was like having the identical problem that I'm having, right? She was saying how she doesn't like the town. Um, She wants to get out of the town. That's the same thing with me. I want to get out of this town. I moved down here by mistake, too far away from everybody I know, and now I'm trapped. Um, um, I'm trapped because the perps, perps go. If I go looking for a place to live, they go there and they sabotage it. So they want me here, and it's awful. But um, she's, she's saying how, this girl was saying how she has all these anxiety attacks, and I've had terrible anxiety. I've had anxiety so bad that I've been like frozen, like like paralyzed from it, and um, unable to eat, been sick from it. And um, she was talking about the kind of the same thing that I, same situation that I was in, and I got friendly with her, and I actually was telling her about my situation and she didn't react. She didn't react. She didn't say, well, what are you talking about or anything like that? And um, I figured she was a perp. So even though I exchanged a phone, I I took her phone number and I was going to take her to a Bible study with me that night, I never called her because I don't trust her. Something like, you know... I mean, if you tell anybody anything about this situation, they have questions. She didn't have any questions. So um, you got, it, it's like it's like I don't trust anybody. I don't talk to anybody. I keep I um, when I go out of my house, I'm living in a rooming house. When I when I go out of the house, I go to my car. I walk to my car. I get in my car. Just very, uh, just very subdued. I'm just very subdued. I don't interact with anybody. I just keep to myself and avoid problems. Because your mouth is what gets you in problems. Your mouth. You got to keep oh. your mouth shut. Well, no. a lot of times that's the issue with the eyes. That. Um, they're captured by the system. It's the things that they say. So, um, in most of the cases that I know of, I I think it's it's like, and and um, I had an incident. Um, I'm an hour at least down the high up, up the highway to see my son or any of my family. And I've been going up there a lot because I hate it here and I have to escape somewhere. I mean, I don't know my way around this town. I don't have a lot of friends. I I, I don't have um, any place to go to spend some time outside of this room. And um, so I, I get in my car and I get on the highway and I just go up and do my errands up there. I have My bank is still up there. And... Um, 
know, I'm more familiar with the shopping. I have a friend up there. We go, I pick her up. We go shopping. We do errands and everything. But I was going up the highway one day, and this big 18-wheeler was right on my tail. And of course, I'm being I'm being stalked the whole time I'm on the highway. I mean, there's like there's like I don't know how many how many stalkers I have. There's a lot. There's a lot because I'm on the highway. There's they just come out of the, the woodwork and they they can box me in. They can get in front of me and slow me down and play games with me. And I have to be re- really alert on the highway, and um, this 18 wheel was behind me, and he's right up my butt, and I sped up, you know, I got, I went faster, and he came right after me, and I was, like, freaking out, and um, I missed the first exit I usually take, and I ended up taking the second one, because I, I, was, I was going too fast to pull over and go off on the ramp, and there was Tons of cars, tons of cars, heavy traffic, which was not normal. And um, I got off the highway um, and I escaped. But that was a Friday. And then Saturday, I went to the soup kitchen. I've been going to the soup kitchens in this town. And um, I was I was so full of anxiety that day that I couldn't eat. And um, the pastor there prayed over me, and I broke down and cried and really having a hard time. And um, then I left, and I'm going home. And who's coming up the street towards me but the same 18-wheeler? And I could see the guy in the cab, and he... He was leaning over, leaning over, looking at me, looking down at my car as he went by the other way. And I was like, I was really freaking out because now I felt like he was stalking me. And um, that's, that's been something that's been very upsetting. I have been on the highway a couple of more times at least. And there's always tons of big trucks and 18 wheelers. and um, the perps, they get, they try to set me up. I feel like they're going to set me up and, you know, get me blocked in, you know. One truck in front of me, one truck behind me, you know, and it has happened. But um, so I um, I just pull over. I pull over in the breakdown lane and I just, I just sit there. And... Um, Last Monday, I came home. It was like 3.30. It was like rush hour. There were so many trucks on the road. I was freaking out. I was so nervous. And I pulled over and waited at least a half an hour until all these trucks went by. I can't tell you how many there were. 18-wheelers, big... um, all kinds of big trucks, you know, tankers. I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really like um, nervous about going on the highway now because I feel like 
is so organized and um, that road is well-traveled by the 18-wheelers. And I do go by a stop, you know, like a gas station and a McDonald's. It's a pull-off stop. And there's always trucks in there. And um, Okay. Um, I just uh, wanted to kind of uh, update those that, are, that uh, a number of callers have joined since you started. And I just want to uh, remind everybody that our topic tonight is uh, psychiatric abductions. And, and some of you in our community have had that experience and um, I'm sorry, I've forgotten what your name is that's talking. Sally Ann. Oh, Sally Ann. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, Sally Ann is describing her experience as, um, you know, she, she has been abducted uh, a number of times. So uh, if that has been your experience, we do invite you to share that uh, with us. And and hopefully during the course of our conversation, we'll we'd like to start to develop some protocols for addressing uh, involuntary psychiatric uh, holds because that has been a very common occurrence in our community. And um, as far as procedure for addressing that, it's it's kind of uh, been whatever works in the situation. So, And we've had various methods that have worked. So... We hope to develop something that will um, be a standard response to this type of situation. So that's our topic for tonight. If you'd like to join us, uh, star eight is the request to talk feature on your on your phone. If you'd like to join the discussion, okay, uh, yeah, Sally Ann. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to say one thing. After yeah. I saw that truck in the town where I'm living that day, I was going to go to the police and report it as, you know, feeling like this guy was following me. And um, uh, Sunday I was going to do it. And um, I was in church and um, looking for an answer, and I believe I got an answer, and it was not to go to the police. Because I believe that if I had gone to the police and reported this, that they probably would have carried me away. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so, I mean, I mean, it's like I don't have I don't have um, anyone to protect me. I can't go to the police because um, of the way they behave, and I just gave it to the Lord. You know, I put it in God's hands, and I pray when I go on the highway, and He protects me, and I, and I, I'm building my faith in Him because He has sheltered me so many times on the highway, and um, um, for those of you who um, look to God, just remember He is with you, and when you don't have anybody else, you still have him. That's true. Thank Hello? You for is this for uh, yes. anyone? Hello? This is who, please? Um, this is Allison. I live in Alabama. Can you hear me? Oh, hi, Allison. Welcome to the call. Um, thank you. 
this is my first time on the call, but I really have some questions. I'm going through a very hard time. I've been a TI for about two and a half years. And my symptoms are that I am body scanned 24-7. My ears are completely closed up. I do hear the voices, and they keep saying solid sound. Horrific things they say to me. Um, They squeeze my body so tight that I almost can't breathe. I've passed out three times. I don't understand this energy, and I don't understand why I'm a victim. I know that the person that was living with me, I had hid recorders. I even heard the voices on the recorder saying what they're doing to me, that there was stuff they could sprinkle on me, that it could make me go crazy. And this was a guy that was living with me, and I had recordings of my voices in which the man eventually told. Okay, Allison, right now, uh, Allison, we are talking about psychiatric calls, psychiatric uh, abductions, and that that happens in our community quite often. And we're trying to uh, develop some type of protocol to address this. However, is um, this is this the same thing? Is is this what I'm being attacked with? Uh, no, that's not the same thing. But however, um, in about an hour, hour and a half or so. We'll be switching to general topics, and we can get back to your case if you like. But for right now, for the next hour or so, we'd like to stay on this topic, okay? And that's uh, those those that have been involuntarily committed uh, to the psych wards, and we'd like to um, to talk to those individuals. And we like to start. Well, that's where they're trying to send me is to a psych ward, and I'm refusing to go. Okay, well, that's good. We'll just hold on, and maybe you'll get some answers as far as... Uh, okay, thank you. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just, um, I'm very discouraged, and I'm trying okay, to find answers. Well, don't worry. You'll, you'll have a chance to talk about your situation. Uh, we just want to finish up this topic, and then we can talk okay, thank um, you. to you for a while. Okay, okay I just unmuted someone, and if you have a question or comment, feel free to uh, at this time. Hey, uh, this is Donaldson. I'll, I'll put my hand up again in a in a minute. I'm just not ready to speak yet. Okay. Okay. But I fine. have a great topic for you. I have been abducted by them and taken to the psych ward. I'll be right back, though. Oh, I see. Okay. I'll be right back. Okay, that's fine. Session. Derek, you do anybody? Okay. Who is that? Yeah, yeah, this is Deborah in uh, Virginia. Um, oh, hi. Is this Deborah? Yeah, hey, Derek. Okay. Hi. Your your line is a little uh, kind of choppy, but uh, I thought I heard you say Deborah. Okay, did you have something that you wanted to mention? Can you hear me okay? I'm using a different phone today. Uh, we can kind of make out what you're saying. Go ahead. Um. Instead of being uh, reactive, you might just be proactive and uh, maybe send out people um, about what our organization is doing and what is happening to the depression facilities throughout the U.S. of the online. Okay, uh, you said send out information to who? Uh, the different psychiatric hospitals and facilities um, before we get to the Oh. 
Well, um, I suppose that we could. Um, the thing is, it depends. Uh, we have to be able, we have to um, kind of determine who we need to send that information to. If we send it, I mean, hospitals are bureaucratic, and it's very easily it's very easy for some this information to get lost in the shuffle. We deal with lots of different types of, you know, uh, groups, organizations, individuals. Uh, maybe the uh, patient advocate, maybe the social worker. Yeah. Um, it just, we have to kind of identify, and that could be part of the protocol as well, identify who it is that we need to speak to and send our information to. It can hurt, uh, but it just depends on the hospital and how open they are to something like this as to as to how well this information will be received, um, I would be, I would say uh, that type of effort would be more productive and say like um, a city like Richmond where TI awareness has already started and sure. um, we are looking for uh, venues to where we can, uh, if we had the backing of Javanka, say like the, the local hospital would be uh, more open to receiving information from us, and then that will be a conduit to uh, in-servicing personnel there. And that's, in that setting, I would say that would be valuable. Uh, but to just to send information, um, call to hospitals, you know, that uh, these, these institutions are notorious for uh, ignoring this type of information. Okay. And um, they have no reason to any. They have no reason to be receptive to it because they get paid for housing those that are brought into them. So um, I would say that would be more applicable to um, the cities, particularly those that are starting to um, uh, talk to TIs and starting mm -hmm. to uh, to look for ways to help them, which could be your place, your city. So. Um, at some point, we could do that. Okay, thank you. That sounds good. Thank you. Okay. Hello, this is Nancy. Yes. Can you hear me? Hi, Nancy. How are you? Hi. Hi, Derek. I'm fine. How are you? I hope you're well. Okay. I was just going to say real quick that in any community, I think sending those packets to uh, community psych centers, to therapists and social workers, because if one person, if a light comes on, and they and when they see it, and they have a conscience, and many folks that work in those places too, something could happen from the inside. You know, even if they all say, "Oh, did you see this junk that came in?" and you know, just throw it out, it just might hit somebody who's working there. Um, that was my thought, anyway. It could, and particularly um, if someone is um, has been um, from our community, particularly someone that's just been brought in. Um, if we were to send information to their social worker and um, information about our organization, what we do, and, and so forth, it might assist them in um, in addressing this individual. Uh, I yeah. can see it in that setting. And uh, and that could actually be a protocol now that you mention it. Um, so that's 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 a good idea. I would say in the in the right context, that could be very beneficial. Yes, thank you. 
Okay, thank you, Nancy. So, uh, any other thoughts about um, uh, psychiatric holds and some of the things that we can do in uh, those instances? Hey, uh, Donaldson back again. Oh, Oh, hi, Donaldson. Hey, so thanks for letting me get on. And uh, One of the things I did when I was taken uh, by SFPD to go for a a 72-hour, you know, involuntary detention at the psych ward uh, for a 5150, right, Uh, evaluation. They threatened me with drugs initially when I came in, saying, do you need it? Do you need it? You know, like, that's obviously they're trying to offer me a benefit. And I told them, no, no, I don't. Actually, I'm here against my will. Uh, one of the things that I did was go and I, I initially looked at the rights listed on the okay, wall. What state, what state are you in, Donaldson? California, but state of consciousness. Okay. And, and uh, see, one one of the things that we have to remember is I, I, I actually charged money. Okay. See, they hadn't made a legal determination, and they had brought me there. The reason they brought me was because I was trying to make a citizen's arrest. Someone had uh, punched me after agreeing to have a conversation, and then I, I flagged the police officer down. Eventually, it ended up being they, they wanted to take me to jail when I asked for their ID, uh, but they wanted to take me to the hospital. So to make a long story short, when I got in there, I, put, I asked them for $30,000 for every hour that they were going to have me with no determination being made. So if you want to get out of there, if it happens to you, just put a, get a piece of paper and, and make a legal claim and say, hey, for every hour that you keep me in here with no legal determination, I charge you know, 50000 or $30,000 for every hour. Um, wow. and the moment when I did that, I got let out of there in 10 minutes. Really? <laughs> Hello? Yeah. Okay, that's a, that's an excellent uh, strategy. Okay. What I told them was put that piece of paper in whatever my record is. All, that whatever I have, I have a file, right? It's my file. Yes, uh-huh. it's your file. Oh, great. We'll put this in it. It was yeah, it was awesome. But you got to make sure that you ask for you know thirty, 30 however much you feel it's worth. Make it a reasonable number. But for every hour that they do not make a determination, this is this is how you're going to be able to shorten up your stay. You just go because they're going to want to make a legal determination right away. You know, well, of course they yeah. could lose that. They could lose that. I mean, um, but um, the paperwork, of course. But see, the the whole idea is you're just proving your competency, right there. Boom. I can I can charge for my time, you know. And so if anyone out there that's being targeted. You know, you can just, hopefully I'm giving you guys some hope here. Okay, that's, that's, that's an idea. Absolutely. So it's something for you guys to try if you're in that situation. Take an invoice yeah. pad with you when you when you go in and start uh, making notes and uh, racking up the, those uh, charges for the hospital. Well, okay. The main thing uh, is... Don't, huh? Sorry about that. I was just going to say that you don't have to make a bunch of charges. It's not difficult. It, it's one single thing, and it's for, for every hour that 
you do not make a legal determination regarding my, my mental status, I charge $30,000. You know, okay, so, by, so you, by legal determination, what exactly do you mean by that? They are in there to evaluate us. Right. And they're getting paid. They're getting paid to do it, but it's also a service for us, a benefit that we're supposedly taking, right? Um, okay, that, voluntary that's performed by, by the psychiatrist. And basically, the psychiatrist is supposed to evaluate you and determine whether or not you need right. to stay in there. Right. So that's the thing. When you put them on, when you put the fire under their feet by saying, hey, for every hour I'm in here without that determination, I'm charging this amount because I don't want to be here right now. See? I want to be somewhere else, and I'm here against my will. So, so if you right, want to keep right. me here and, and, do, and do your determination, that's fine. But I charge this amount for every hour that I'm in here, and you have not made a determination. So let's say they make a determination that says you're nuts, right? Well, how long did they take to make that determination and then just follow through with your charging, charging them, you know? But if, if, if they ultimately, if they're just trying to uh, capitalize on you, and make you know a few thousand by being there, then you could probably um, you know uh, circumvent that entire thing by just going and, 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 and you know putting that little little letter into your uh, file there. Okay, so did you have your determination? They gave me a determination about ten minutes after I submitted my request for payment, uh, which was ba- it's basically a notice of intent to you know sue to charge them, you know. And also, note, just letting them know that, uh, you know, whatever rights were listed on the wall that, that apply to me, I want those rights. Like the right to say no, I'm, okay, I don't want to. Okay, well, now me. you're talking. Now you're talking. You know, like you said, they have your patient rights posted on the wall. Uh, whenever you cite those rights that they have listed on the wall, that's speaking their language. And that's important to know that. So, guys, you have to speak their language, utilize what's written there on the wall, and say, these are my rights, and I want them. Um, Derek, this is Sally, and again, I also want to mention something else that you can do when you're in there. In Massachusetts, they have what's called a three-day, and it's a form, and you can fill it out, and you can say, I'm going to be leaving in three days. And you can submit that to the doctor. Now the doctor can turn around and have you commit it if you so choose it, which they tried to do with me, but I was given a lawyer and another opinion, and um, he let me go. But um, really, it's really all the way you handle yourself. And if you're just, um, you know, acting relaxed and normal when you're in there, they really can't do too much to you. And, you know, they do try to give you medicine. You have the right to say no. You have the right to say no, I don't want that. Well, the the um, in most states you do. 
there are some that do have that. Uh, you have to look at the law for each day. Within the first, I would say in most instances, within the first 72 hours, that they do not have the uh, automatic rights to Medicaid. Okay, that is right. That's what it says on the uh, on the rules. They don't, you know, if you don't want to be medicated, you don't have to be, especially if you don't need it. You know, I mean, any the thing is, is it's a competency test. Can you read? People okay. tell him every single day, Derek, tell him, people get on here every single day and they're given shots and they're given forced medicine. They don't have a choice. Uh, usually but, within the first 72 hours, they do not do that. I, I think you have a choice within that, that, that first evaluation period, usually. Not if they're angry. You know what they tried to do is turn my anger into some sort of crime. They, right, right. If you're uncooperative, they might try to enforce you know, that. So, so okay, the idea uh, is... Just a second, please. Right. We have an echo. If you guys, um, if you're not speaking, could you star six? Uh, we need to take care of this echo. Okay, and also, if you have um, a computer on and you're on the telephone at the same time, uh, please mute one or the other. Okay, well, let's see. Okay, hopefully that takes care of it. Okay, go ahead, uh, Donaldson, what we say. Okay, hopefully that's Okay, go ahead. Uh, that'll... Oh, it looks like we're going to have to mute some people then. I have a question. It's not me, Des. Don't mute me. Okay, and you know, Joe that? knows how to spot them. Is he around? He can tell where that noise is coming from. Uh, I don't see Joe um, right now. Okay, I'm gonna have to mute people for a while until we discover where this where this is. Yeah, echo can you mute the whole board? Okay, I'm gonna have to mute people for a while until we discover where this. Okay, I I might have to, but um, I'll I'll mute I'll uh I'll mute most of them anyway. No, everybody is unmuted almost. Hmm. Okay, I think I see what the noise is coming from. Okay. All right, go ahead, uh, Donaldson. What were you saying? Hmm. I think I was, uh, oh, where was I? 72-hour, uh, right, and uh, forced inoculations, you know, forced uh, medication is probably only going to happen if they see you as... Someone that might injure someone in there physically. Hello. Yes. So when you oh. start to like when you start to be uh, defiant and 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 you know like moving your body is definitely not a good idea. Don't just stay as calm as you can. You know physically, don't move. When they start grabbing you, just relax 
you know, and just, they're going to ask you, do you need this? And then just say, no. And when they say, hey, what, when they start questioning about your medical history, say, I don't consent to talk about my medical history. I don't even consent to be here. Just tell them you don't consent to be there. And, you, you know, that's, I mean, people need to stand up on the things that they've been studying about. And, yeah, we can get through this. You know? Hi. Hi, this is Hi, this is Tomo. I just wanted to make sure that uh, I think in every state you have to be dangerous to yourself or others before the authority can take you to the psychiatric unit anyway. So it's, I, you, no, you, you don't. You don't? They, can, they can pick you up and do anything they want. They do it to everybody. People on these calls tell it every single day. Well, at least... Well, technically, that is, technically that is correct, but... Uh, but they, but like uh, um, like Alice says, the police do what they want. Well, the thing is, that police don't usually know the precise uh, stipulation of the law. So what you have to do is copy that particular law in New York State. It's Mental Hygiene Law, Section nine point two. Well, no. Usually, when you're confronted by the police, you don't have time to go make copies of anything. Right, so you have to have the copy at hand, and you have to memorize the stipulation and which specific uh, section of the which law. So when you when the police talk to you, you have to spell that out, and they will be, yeah. you know. <laughs> usually they, they ask me if I, if I have a law degree or something like that, and they just backed off. Well, you yeah, I mean, if you, most TIs don't have that information handy, but <laughs> it will help. <laughs> But, uh, have you have you confronted have you been confronted with that situation yourself? Yeah, but police did not um, back off. They just asked if I have a law degree, and then they just left. But oh, all you okay. have to do is study whatever that in your state there is some um, mental welfare law or something like that. You have to figure right. out what specific statute with specific section of what it says in general. And then you have to cite that. Police usually don't know that specific. Um, that is that is good advice. That is very good advice, uh, Tomo. Uh, so what did guys, she say, Derek? It wasn't clear. Tell us, please. Okay, okay. What she said. I'm going to repeat what she said because this is very important. It, and basically, she said that for TIs, particularly those that feel that they are, are um, at risk for being uh, committed and voluntarily detained by the police is to basically get a copy of your state law and uh, and memorize them, memorize your rights. It would be good to keep a copy with you. Um, they, the police may or may not read um, uh, a piece of paper that you hand to them, uh, but if you cite the law, if you have it memorized and cited to them, it could back them off, like it did in her case. Yeah, they asked me if I, if I have a law degree. So, <laughs> say yes. Yeah. Say yes. Yeah, so, oh, okay. Then, 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 yeah, that's what they do. Well, say yes because your lawyer, your lawyer has a law degree. Right. But, yeah, they just, they, that's the first thing they ask. You have a law degree, and then they just left. Okay. Who's well, there? Good for you. Okay. Thanks for sharing that, Tomo. That's important information. And yeah. that's good advice for all TIs, particularly those that have been um, violated by the system. Or if you feel that you're at risk for being violated, 
is to get a copy of your state laws, and all are somewhat different, but they're basically the same in that um, you should you, you must be a danger to yourself or others. So um, if you can cite the law to them, chapter and verse, uh, that usually backs them off because, for one thing, if you're mentally ill, um, most people that are mentally challenged do not know the law and cannot cite it to them. So that is an indicator right there that you're that you're okay. So well, I did that, that. That could back them off. Yeah, I did that, and she's right; it could. But uh, they may ask you, "Well, which one are you talking about? Which law?" And they'll just keep railroading you right on on down there to the to the uh, hospital. Right. Okay. So you. Okay. They do. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yeah. In your case, I'm sure that you did quote the law to them. But then you went further, and uh, you quoted the law of the hospital. Now, the hospital, uh, they are very concerned about being sued. Maybe the police aren't yeah. so much. But yeah. the hospitals usually are. And if you right. if you come up like that, then that gets them nervous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another thing to remember. Sounds like Charlie Brown talking. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know where that's coming from. Uh, um, excuse me, I just wanted to ask a question, please. I I'm new. Thursday was my first time, and I tried to join yesterday, and I couldn't get on. Did you guys have a meeting yesterday? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if if Joe had his line open last night. Was anybody okay. there or no? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think they were there last night. Uh, but anyway, um, we're talking about uh, psychiatric cults at the moment, and we're, we're trying to develop a policy right. and inform those who um, might be at risk of being um, uh, detained by the police and taking the psych wards. So that's our topic for the, minute, for the moment. So if you have something to add to that discussion, we'll be glad to listen. Yeah, um, I was dragged off like three or four times and court-ordered to take drugs. And um, one thing that I would say is if you get into that horrible situation, um, that in my case, the court-appointed attorney, um, you know, I see the experience, you know, I see the law degree, but, and, you know, if you talk to her, she's very reasonable, but it's very, very hurtful. Um, she was very overbooked. I mean, she, you know, she sees like, you know, 20, 15, 10 a day. You know, she's going to court throughout the day. Very busy. So my opinion is if you get into that horrible situation, do not use one. It's so unique and so um, sort of outlandish. Our situations you're better off to try to explain it yourself. Um, I mean, she worked against me. I, I think she was in uh, cahoots with a few people to deliberately work against me, but I would highly recommend against using it. And I know that in the regular court system, they say, oh, don't ever do that. Don't re- represent yourself. It's kind of a death sentence. In this case, from my experience, I would say represent yourself. Even if you can't make it, uh, or you don't win. I mean, I would practice and do research, but if you don't win, uh, I can just guarantee you 
you're not going to win with a court-appointed attorney. They don't care about you. She gave me five minutes of her time. Um, the other thing is I was forced to take nasty drugs for six months, permanent side effects. <laughs> the reason why I took them, because, you know, you don't have to, but they would threaten me because, you know, you're forced to see a psychiatrist who, by the way, mispronounced the drug I was forced to take when, every time I talked to her, mispronounced it. And I don't mean like she pronounced it tomato tomatoes. She mispronounced it in the spelling. So that's how ignorant she was. But um, I would also, and they would say, you know, you don't take it and we'll inject you. If we find out you're not taking it, well, the only way they could find out really, and I don't know the law on this, but if you get in a car accident and they take your blood, you know, they can tell. Now, I don't think a hospital is allowed to release that information, but I didn't want to take any chances because I didn't want to be injected. However, in my opinion, if any of you get forced to take these things uh, that psychiatrists should be put in prison for, these drugs, um, I would not do it. Um, I would take the chance that you would have to be injected. They're nasty. They're worthless. It's degrading. Um, the, the whole system uh, is degrading. You know, you press a button, you get 10 seconds of water, and then you have to press it to take a shower. I was abused by people who work there. The place is, I was in the, the nastiest one in, in Tucson, and uh, it's overcrowded. It's definitely there for money. Um, it's physically dangerous. And um, like, and they have this policy, when people come in, most of these people need drugs. And they go off their drugs for various reasons, and they get arrested, and they get dragged in there. And so what they do, as a matter of course, I mean, I don't think they're talking to psychiatrists half the time. They, they put them back on drugs. They look through the records. They put them back on drugs, and they put them on heavily you know, just way over-medicated for one or two weeks, and then they back them off and kind of stabilize them and stuff. But um, it, it's just very dangerous. And these people are delusional, seriously delusional. Um, you know, I would take all the advice that you hear, do everything you can not to go in to these hellish, degrading, demeaning places and uh, you, you know, they don't have a choice. It's a girl in Alexandria again. I'm just saying, do everything you can not to go. Um, it, it's just too degrading. I even saw some people that didn't need anything again. except maybe some support, and she would, like this one girl just got massively drugged with one of the nastiest drugs around Zyprexa. Um, uh, but here's you know, the thing, so, what did you say to them? Suppose you say to them, I'm allergic to this, you can kill me with this. What would they say? I, I, could you please repeat it because um, I'm hard of hearing. If you said to them, I am allergic yeah. to this medication, do not give it to me, I'm afraid it will kill me, what would they to say? Um, I, I did do an, a similar argument. Um, I, I, I think in response to that, you know, I may be allergic to that. Um, I, I think that's a very good argument, and I would use that, and that's a good thing to remember. I would use that. I did argue in the courtroom uh, that, mm -hmm. uh, that he wanted to drug me heavily with Cyprexa. You do any research on Cyprexa, massive class action lawsuit, nasty, terrible drug. So I argued against it. I, you know, I'm in a hospital. I don't have a computer. I can't look it up. But for what I could remember... 
you know, it was in, you know, I think it was in the millions and millions of dollars, a class action lawsuit against it. So I mentioned to the judge, I said, you know, there is a class action lawsuit against Iprexa. Um, it's in the, you know, I just can't remember. It's in maybe over $100 million. It, It's, um, you know, it's a big one. And I, I said, you know, the side effects, and I named some of the things that will induce, you know, tremendous weight gain, diabetes, um, some kind of muscle, permanent muscle problems. So I did argue that in the courtroom, and thank God I didn't get that one on me. Uh, but no, it was People get on me every night and say they forced me to take shots, they forced me to take medicine, and my friend in California said I took it so I could get out early, and she still has side effects. Yes. Okay, well, that sounds like without notice. you got to give them notice, man. You're going to charge them money if they keep injecting you. Well, okay. I never well, heard that argument before, and I didn't think it would work. But, I mean, if you got away with it, good. I'm, I'm pleased that you did. And the other thing, Derek, what is that wellness story the police come to your house with and say, we're on a wellness call? What is that law that we can get a copy of it and say to the police, that is not a law that you can use against me and take me to a hospital as they did someone just recently you and I know about? It was a wellness call, and they came to her house, and they just put on a stretcher and took her. Okay, yeah, I'm not sure who that was. But anyway, I went to... Well, uh, your friend, of, our friend in Florida, you and I both know. I don't want to say her name. Okay, but, hold, on, hold on a second, Alice. Before we get into that, I want to underscore something that uh, she just said, because this is very important. Okay. And that is that while she was in the courtroom and pleading her case... Um, if you go before the judge, um, you will have this opportunity, hopefully, to, um, uh, if you're representing yourself, to, uh, to, uh, to plead your own case. And one of the things that she did that's very important is to cite the side effects of the medicine that she would be forced to take. Now, that, is, that was probably key in getting her um, uh, released from having to take that drug. But you have to know what the side effects you have to know what drugs they're injecting you with and the side effects. And the community can help you with that because usually you don't have access to all that information. So um that's a good tactic to use if you ever um uh, in court and um and you have the opportunity to defend yourself, if you could cite you know, what the side effects are, usually the the judge might be sympathetic and uh allow you to not be uh medicated. So that's that's a very good tactic. I want to underscore that. Derek, that's a great idea, but usually you're past the time when they've given it to you. But a good way people can find out the side effects is go talk to your pharmacist. They give you the best information of anybody, and sometimes they'll give you a computer printout sheet. Right. Right. Okay. So that's that's a good strategy. Whoever you can find the side effects, your pharmacist, uh, yeah. have those with you when you go to court, and you might get a sympathetic judge because no one likes to be, and especially if you cite permanent effects. And some people are still suffering from permanent effects of these drugs, and cite those to the to to the judge, and I think that uh, you might get some sympathy. Because uh, I don't think judge uh, judges would not like to see pa- uh, patients uh, permanently disabled. 
by this this medicine. So um, that'll be an important thing to say if you're ever in that situation. But what I'm concerned about is I hear these people come on all the time when the moment they take them to the hospital and they say, here's the medication, take it. And if you refuse, then they usually force them to it and they give them shots if they want to. It depends on what hospital you're in. Uh, yeah, it, That's it, what scares depends. me. Every situation is a little bit different. Um, yeah. My, my guess Derek? is generally that they do not hey, force, forcibly I, medicate you generally within the first 72 hours because that's, yes, that's they the time when they're evaluating you. No, they can do that, yeah. dude. They do it. Yes, they do. I'm not they, saying that they, they don't. Will. I'm just saying usually that they do not. Right. Um, if, if you're very calm, if you're cooperative, they do not, usually they do not forcibly medicate you. Yes, and that's because do. people most of the time, I think, Derek, say, I don't consent or I don't want that. You know, and sometimes people who are too afraid won't get that out of their mouth because they, you know, it's, it's because they won't know what to say, you know, so. It's hard to get that out of your mouth, you know, when you're in trauma, in shock, you know. It's like, okay, I'll do whatever you say, basically, you know. Derek? Yeah, who's there? This is, this is Pamela in Arizona. Oh, hi, Pamela. Hi. I, um, being in the medical field, um, and I was put in the hospital four years ago, okay? When I got put in the hospital, um, I checked myself in through this delusional state, okay, then I won't go into that. But I ended up there. People need to know the thing called AMA, which means Against Medical Advice. Um, I got put in there. I, I figured it out. I was actually in there eight days. So the night when I was starting to get really, you know, just... I want out of here. I want out of here. And they had someone watching me around the clock. And they took the phones away from me and things like that. Um, I kept saying, sign me out, AMA, against medical advice. That is the law. It is your right. And when I tried to do that, they kept telling me, you're going to be in big trouble. You're going to be in big trouble. And I said, well, just tell me what AMA means to you then. And, you know, I, I remained very calm. The next thing I knew, I got picked up and thrown across over to a bed and strapped and tied down. Oh. Um, but it is a law, and that, that means that you have the right to refuse their care. And my doctor, when, when I went to see him after that, he said, I thought you'd look a lot worse than you look right now. And he goes, why were you in there so long? And I said, you know, I don't know. And I said, I asked for AMA papers. They wouldn't give it to me. And he goes, well, they broke the law. That is a, a law across the whole United States. You have the right, the right to refuse the doctor that they send you everything. Now, when that happened to me, I noticed that everybody went into a trance in that room. The only thing they kept saying was, you're going you're gonna to be in trouble. Now, so be, being that I worked in the medical field and I used to be a unit clerk up on the floor, I knew the chain of command. So I knew that you asked for the charge nurse, which I did, and I got that 
you're going to be in trouble. I said, then get me the house supervisor. That's the next step up. So they got her. She said, you're going to be in trouble. And then everybody stood like they were in a trance. And the next thing I know, security came up and they tied me down. So what they did was they completely broke the law. That's So if anybody goes in, that's what, please remember, as AMA is not just the, you know, medical, you know, what is it? So is it oh against medical advice. And you can sign yourself out. That relieves them of all, um, you know, what, what am I trying to say? Responsibility of you and you them. You're signing yourself out. Does that help anyone? I hope. I mean, that's really true. And what she's saying and very important to keep in mind. And, um, you know, unless they get a court order, that's, that's the law. And the people who tied her down were breaking the law. And right. I, I wish you could have gotten, you know, it's impossible just about for us to get an attorney and sue them, but that would have been a good idea. I did, you know, I tried and no attorney would touch it. When I told them that I got thrown across the room, they said that the only way that they would do anything like that was if I was a complete mistake, like if I was on the surgery table and somebody just happened to just you know, screwed me up on the inside. Then right, you'd have to have injury, permanent injury, right? You have to have permanent injury. Right. And I said, oh, this is just nuts. So you tell me that you wouldn't go up against um, Scottsdale Healthcare in, in Arizona, you know. But it's still, you know, most places aren't going to do that. And, and that's a very good thing to remember. I don't consent to this. And um, I'm leaving. I'm going to get some medical advice and I'm leaving. I mean, if your leg is broken and they, somebody takes you to the hospital, as long as you're lucid and you say, I don't want you guys touching me, you have the right that they can't touch you unless you are, they consider you out of your mind. And I don't know the rules about being unconscious. I, I have no idea what happened other than I finally pulled my own police reports and there's made up paperwork that the police was up there. Um, I was out of it the first couple of days. I did look oh. up Ciprexa. It does have its side effects. There is all kinds of information on it. What Ciprexa is, because I used to work um, with McKesson, it's, um, it's a, like a schizophrenic drug. So it says right here that Ciprexa side effects could be linked to diabetes, deadly heart risk, Tersatus de Pointis. I don't know how that went into, but it's there, increased risk. Um, it's just that Risperdal was a shot um, when I had worked it at one time. It is a shot that supposedly was supposed to advance very highly for people who were schizophrenic. They could get a shot one time a month, and that would keep them from hearing voices and all kinds of stuff. Well, but it's related to that. 
They offered me to, you know, when I was in there. The what is that, Halgren or something? Is something like Halgren? Is that Haldol, what you got? you mean? Are you talking about Haldol? Haldol, yeah. No, no it's not the same thing. Risperdal and Cyprexa, I'll have to re-put it in again because it kicked me out. Okay, um, I'd like to kind of focus uh, But I just wanted people time. to know that is their right. It's not the oh. American Medical Association. It's against medical advice. It means two things. And All right. That's what um, happened to me. focus a little bit on, you know, some some things that we can do to help uh, GIs that, that find themselves in the situation. What kind of things um, have worked in, in terms of the TI community uh, being involved in your release, if you guys have information about that, kinds of things that have been helpful in terms of, you know, our participation in getting uh, you released, if you have information about that, uh, if you can share that at this time. Can I ask a question in terms of that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this happened to me a long time ago, in like 2003, after I called for help, they took me in to the um, to the psych unit, and I was only there a short time for you know just a few hours. But the first thing they asked was, "Is it okay with to take your blood?" And I said yes, knowing that I didn't have any drugs or anything in my blood that would incriminate me. And but um, I said, "You may not take put anything in," and they said, "Okay, we won't put anything in, but if you'll just let us take your blood." Should I have said no to that? Yes, okay. I think you could have said no, but I've been I've been told that same thing. But they they threaten you, like they say, if you want to get out of here, you might as well go along with the program. And I got told that many times. So I'm pretty see that's invasive. If they don't have the right to do that against your will if you're confident. But yes, they can make things nasty to you. I would choose probably the nasty route and not let them take your blood. But they'll harass you and make you miserable. Okay. The only thing that happened later, I knew there was nothing in my blood, you know. And so what happened just before they released me, because a, um, uh, a social guy who knew me from the schools, I taught in the schools, he knew me and came in and he took one look at me and said, I need to get you out of here. We'll get you out of here. So he did. But just as that before they released me, the doctor said, yeah, oh, everything's okay, okay, and he signed all these things. He said, possible so-and-so. I don't even know what he said. Possible something. I gave him a look, and he, he looked guilty and turned away from me and put his head down. So I, I guess they can, um, you know, he can make up something. <laughs> if he wants to. Okay, uh, okay Lonnie, did you, were you medicated during your yeah. time there? No, I wasn't. It was just a few Okay, hours. so, huh? You were there for I, two hours? I was there for about maybe two or three hours, something like that, yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, well, that's that's pretty good then. About the same well, time as me. No. Yeah, so uh, so after your evaluation, they decided to release you. Is that what happened? Yes, after the social worker came in. He, I, I guess the idea was that I might be dangerous or dangerous to somebody or myself. And he said, not, he came in and he walked in and he said, not you. And uh, so he did get me out of there. My way, but when the doctor added that little thing, I thought something really is wrong here. You know, something is sinister going on. 
when he said possible something. I don't even know whether it was, you know, I don't know what it meant. But I, I don't remember what he said, but he said possible this. He just added right it. Please, the police department or the, or the sheriff's department is who it was. Okay, okay, Lonnie. What what is it? Uh, what was it that brought you in there? How did you get uh, picked up? Okay, I had uh, they had started this a while ago, and they were using acoustics. Um, it was um, um, uh, uh, ultrasonic weapons on me. I had gone onto a uh, a website at that time. It was way before. FSPHS, and someone had put it on the website. He called it Ultrasonic American Secret Police, and he had a whole 50-page thing about what to do and what not to do. He said, do not call the police. Well, what they were doing was the ultrasonic was a very high-tech um, weapon that they were developing to try to get Osama bin Laden out of caves, I think is what it was. And they were trying it out on me, I guess, or somebody was using it against me. And I found out what it, that was later when Forbes magazine came out with uh, an article on it. But that's what they were using. I had decided to pack up and drive down to drive to Texas. It was almost Christmas, and I was headed in that direction anyway. I thought, I'll just go driving. I drove, and, and everywhere I stopped, the same thing happened. And I got all the way down to Reno, I think it was, and drove back up to Port Angeles. And as soon as I got in, um, it started really badly in my apartment. So I called, and I asked them. And as soon as I asked them, I said, I said, uh, let's see, I can't remember exactly how I described what was going on. But I had had someone harassing me for years and years until the technology took over. And he got, he got hold of it some way. And when that started, I had moved from another place to this apartment. And I explained to them, I said, I've moved from uh, my, I've sold my house and moved into town with this apartment to get away from this person. But I know that this person is using, he's still into, into this thing. But I said, have you ever heard of non-lethal weapons? That's when, that's when they got me. That's when the, instead of the police, I was in town, it should have been the police. There were two sheriff's deputies who showed up because it's the sheriff's department that's involved in all this. And uh, when they showed up, and the guy put cuffs on me, and he um, he said he said non-lethal weapon, huh? And just made a smirk, you know, on that. When I had just read about him, <laughs> I know they existed. So that was early. Guys. I don't know, you know. I offered a CD that I had um, that I had copied from that 50-page report that I'd gotten from that website because I I made several. CDs at it. Now I said, I have a CD. I'd like you to listen to it. It's information that would help. And one of the deputies said, I don't even have a computer. So I thought, what am I dealing with here? You know. So I just got quiet. I let him take me over, and that was what the rest of it I told you. Okay, um, well, that's interesting. Well, see, the thing is, we've not shared about this topic, and this is very uh, a learning experience because we're comparing notes and seeing what works, what doesn't work, that type of thing. It's important. We need to talk about this. Um, and I would like to know um, if you all, uh, if any of you have had this experience of the community coming to your rescue 
and what was it that you feel uh, helped most in those particular instances? So we're talking about uh, involuntary uh, psychiatric holds tonight. Um, if you'd like to join the discussion, star eight is the request to talk feature, so we can um, get some ideas from uh, from us, as many of you as we can. We'd like to develop some protocols to address this particular situation because um, up to now it's been pretty much haphazard. But if we can start to notice some trends, and we've had some good stories of people that uh, have been um, taken in and some tactics they've used, and that's been invaluable. So um, if you'd like to share, star eight, and we'd like to hear from you. Yeah, you know, Derek, you know what I think would be helpful is if you get put in the hospital, if we could come up with it like an automatic fax that, you know, that, you know, gang stalking is a crime and, you know, some kind of sheet of paper that is as credible as we could make up that you, you could just automatically send to any PI that's locked in, in the hospital because I noticed they will let you get a fax. And so if we can make a standardized fax, like, you know, um, it, it depends on how much trouble you're in, like, you know, hearing voices, B2K, you know, I mean, that's a tougher one. But if it's about gang stalking, you know, we could maybe send them a page from Neil's definition of gang stalking, you know, some standard form, what, maybe yeah. one, for gang, one, one for gang stalking, yeah, yeah. one for B2K, something like that. I think that would be helpful. That's going to work because you can't educate the people in an hour or a day or six months. They don't care. They have to make money and they think that Okay, hold on, whoever that is, just a second. When she gets finished, you can have something to say. All right. Oh, I, oh, she sorry. Was, I'm sorry. Excuse me, Derek? Uh, yes. Hold on a second, please. Let, let her finish. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, since I've been locked up so many times, uh, I think that that would be an effective tool, a standardized piece of paper, maybe two, and I know what we're up against. It, it, yeah, I could make one up. It's, it's I'll tell you what, exactly I'll draw one up on my computer, um, and okay. then I'll send, send it to you. It? Can you send it to me? Yeah, man. Yes, yeah, uh, absolutely. Do you have my email address? No, but uh, I'll, I'll give you one that you can send me yours at. It's tongue drum at, am, uh, at gmail.com. So tongue in your mouth and then drum, like beating a drum. So tongue drum at gmail. All right. And re make a reference to what it's about, and I will work get get working on that because, I mean, that what I had worked – um, and then maybe you guys can just have it in your wallet or in your in your you know paperwork with you guys, and when you when you go in, be like, hey, look, I need to grab something, and you have that thing right there. Submit Excuse me. Can anybody hear me? Okay, just a minute. We have someone that had something that they wanted to say. Who was that 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 was trying to speak earlier? I'm I was I was other one. I don't know, Derek. Was I nine next? Okay, it was a guy that wanted to say something, but I don't know who it is. But, uh, Hi, Derek. Yeah, who was that? Hey, you're this, this is Billy. I'm, I apologize. I just wanted to, uh, I just tried to say, you know, who I was and from Tennessee. And I tried to say it earlier and didn't get to. I just wanted to 
put that in there if you didn't mind. Y'all didn't mind. Okay. Hi, Billy. Welcome to the call. Thank What's you. up, Billy? Okay. Uh, all right. Who is that trying to speak? Uh, me. Who is trying to speak? Uh, uh, the new girl. Can you can you guys hear me? Yes. Who is that? Yeah. Who are you? Uh, Renita. And I, like I said, my first time was Thursday, and I'm course, just trying to, trying to establish if this is legitimate or not. So I was going to ask about that lady with the paperwork. That's a very good idea. I was going to ask if maybe once you draw it up, if you can call the 1-800 number and make it available through them, through S. Okay, well, he's going to send it to me, and I'll, I'll make it I'll make it available to everybody. Okay. He's going to send it to me, and I'm going to make it available to everybody, okay? What what kind of things yeah, do you want me to email. put in it? That's my question. That's what I was saying, to make it available to the 1-800 number. We can call them, and then they could maybe, you know. Well, all they're going to do is call me for it. You, but I don't have any way to contact you. Okay, if if um if you well you'd have well ask them you can call the eight hundred ask for um uh, my telephone number they'll give it to you and I can uh, I can mail you a copy if you don't have a computer. Okay, what's your name? My name is Derek. Okay, thank you. Okay, hey, um, yeah, and it, is it is it Donaldson? I'm here. Okay, Donaldson. I'm going to I'm just about to send you this email. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you'll have you'll have that, and then uh, when you have that um, that information prepared, it's in the back. Well, keep in mind the reason why I believe that I'm qualified to assist you guys and help out with this is because it worked for me already. <laughs> and uh, I think it's also it's been consistent with what I've been hearing from other callers tonight, and what, so it will be a financial claim. And it's just a template, so you're going to have to make, you know, use your own ability and come up with your your words. Create, you know, if you have a computer, because this is not, you know, you it's not legal advice. It's definitely for educational purposes. And once you see what I present to you, I hope you like it. And it's basically just going to be a money claim because it all comes down to you not consenting and also contracting. Both of those things show that you're competent. You know, so we'll hook you guys up. And uh, if you guys have anything that you think I should be putting on it, include that in the email. Okay, anyone else? Okay, uh, Donaldson, if if you would like to, um, we're trying to, uh, yeah, if you could please send that to me. If you'd like to participate in the legal committee, we're trying to um, reestablish, that would be great. Derek, I would like to be on that committee. Please, I would like to be on that committee. If I can help. Also, the Florida group had a telephone call a few days ago, a week ago. They had a man on from Pittsburgh. He's not a lawyer, but he's practiced for many years. And he's the one that filed a habeas corpus to get our friend out in Florida. And he's excellent. And maybe you can ask Mike. He might volunteer to be on the committee. But he filed a habeas corpus to get our friend yours a man out in three days when the priest had picked her up on that fake wellness call. And he, I'll get in touch with him and ask him if he will work with you on the committee. 
And I would like to be on that committee. Health and wellness for the golden age. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a great call. Habeas Corpus was how he got this person out very quickly in three days. And you get a form and you take it with you and put it in your purse. Secondly, I keep begging people. See, they fake to report on me, but they haven't picked me up or done anything yet, but they fake it. The courts hire people that will write reports on you for anything. And they're doing it, and we need to expose them. And I'm doing that, so they're probably doing it. They're really asking me because I'm exposing illegal things they've done. But uh, I beg of people, go to someone who's qualified by your state to evaluate you, get your own good report, put it in your pocket, have your own good evaluation in your pockets, or at least come show it to them. They have been evaluated. I am fine. Here is my good mental evaluation. I had a neurologist write me one, and when they were faking something on me and went into the court, the lawyer I gave it to wouldn't show it to the judge. They ordered me for a mental evaluation. I'd have refused to go. And by the time I got back in town, I was gone three months. They filed a fake, incompetent, incapable of standing trial report on me and put it in the state police records, and it went all over the country. And I went to the judge and made a motion and said, how dare you do this? I have never been evaluated by anyone. You have falsified a report and put it in my files that I am mentally incompetent to stand trial. And he almost fell off the chair. <laughs> and they turned around and did it again. If they don't do it in Virginia Beach, they'll do it in Norfolk. So judges, this is what they have in the state. The city of Virginia Beach has a man they use, but most of the time he's supposed to be working on evaluation of serious convicts, criminal people. That's the law they use, 19.2. Then in Norfolk, they just do anything. They have a man they hire, they've had for years. He's a Ph.D. in divinity or Ph.D. in psychiatry, psychology. I don't know what. I think he has a Ph.D. in divinity. And one of the clerks in the office told me, he, she said, the Commonwealth of Virginia judges state courts pay him to write reports on people. He can talk to one person 15 minutes or 30 minutes and write reports on them, and that's what he does. She told me, I said, who pays this man? She said, the Commonwealth of Virginia pays him. The courts pay him. He writes whatever they ask. I mean, it's almost unbelievable, but I believe anything about the courts. So now I'm in the process of trying to get him unlicensed, if I can. So they're trying to put me in the hospital, and, you know, every this crazy next door calls them all the time. So far, I've been able to avoid them. 
But they're getting even with me, and if I expose them, I'm sure they'll do it. But they really are working on it, and people need to know the courts have a man that can talk to you five minutes, whatever. Most state laws say you're supposed to have four interviews and four tests, then go before the courts, like Connie did in Louisville, Kentucky. She had her tests done. She had her interviews done. The woman told her she was fine. But when she went to court, the woman lied to the judge and said she should go to a mental ward. So the only way I know to fight them on this is to go to a psychologist that is qualified for the state law and get your own good evaluation. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Finish. Go get yourself your own good evaluation and put it in your pocket and take it with you. Come on, somebody. Push star set. Let me say something, if that's okay, Derek. The um, police will um, take you under the presumption that you have already had an evaluation. If you've had an evaluation in the past, that could be a sign that you, you know, you need another one. Uh, even though it's a good idea to keep, to keep yeah. that with you. Um, mine said, and it was a false report, right, that I was bipolar. How, I've never been diagnosed bipolar in my life. Yet I go in here and all of a sudden I'm bipolar. <laughs> okay. So if I show that, that doesn't, that doesn't do anything for my competency uh, test. And, you know, I appreciate that, that statement, but, um, yeah, no, I just wanted to share that while I had that on my mind. Well, but you had a bad report. I say, see, I had, I didn't even ask for one. I went to a neurologist, and she is a psychiatrist. And in her evaluation of neurology, she writes her thoughts of your mental condition. And mine was absolutely outstanding, and I didn't even know it. I happened to get it one day and read it. And then she did four little tests for me, four little tests, and she marked every one of them outstanding. That is a good report, which can prove to the police and hospitals that you're fine. But yours was a bad report, so you had to go get another one. Oh, actually, I did not. I haven't gone to get another one. But, uh, that, yeah, but I see your point, though. Hey, uh, can you Derek, get Derek? one now? Uh, yeah, who's there? This is Manuel from California. Uh, I, I'd like to uh, state something for you. Okay. Okay. I, I, I was going through uh, uh, the medical uh, reports and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. I found out that I found out that we're all uh, uh, human projects through the through the government. Uh, Obama said last year that he was starting uh, a brain mapping on uh, on Americans. That he brought in the uh, uh, most. Uh, uh, Brilliant mind scientists in the world 
Plus, he's going to have DARPA and uh, other corporations help him in uh, proceeding uh, in mapping the mine. So you're going to have trouble everywhere you go, everybody. And it's not going to matter how you protect yourself because uh, they will make up another law until they get done what they're doing. It does matter now. I know it matters. It matters to everybody. Nobody should have to go through this. Not one minute, not one second. But with with this program, everybody is subject to it. And um, I hate to interrupt, but that was my fear. I was hoping that it wasn't him involved, that it was just some sickos, but people keep on saying that it's government, but nobody has used the used his name yet, and now you're saying that, that really, oh, goodness, which makes it worse. But most police don't know that. Most hospitals, I hope, don't know that. Maybe they do. I'm sorry, everybody. That's that's what I've been finding out. Thank you. Can someone summarize what he just said? Derek, can you summarize it? I don't know enough about DARPA. Okay. Um, if he could repeat that, because I I didn't really hear him. Okay. Last year, President Obama made a speech on Five TV. State he's going to map the mind of, of people. <laughs> okay, then you just going to map, you start mapping the minds of people, is that what you said? That's hilarious. That's what he stated. He said he brought in the most uh, <laughs> uh, brilliant minds in the world and they're going to start putting R, uh, RFID chips uh, plus other uh, other things in people you know, he's calling it the Brain uh, Project. Okay, yeah, the Brain Initiative. Okay. Brain, you brain know what he's talking about. Can you sum it up to him now? Yep. Yeah, Great. yeah, that is, yeah. Uh-huh. Eric, do so you believe that that's what's behind all this, that, that there is a brain project going well, on? Well, you know, that that is something that is um, unclassified research. And that's been going on for a while now. And the unclassified research is on a certain level, but the classified research is light years ahead of that. Mm, okay. I can add something to that. Uh, if you get on something called prophecy.com, uh, I believe it is. Uh, uh, Billy Trone is a pastor. He's done tremendous amount of research. And he says most of his research is being funded toward DARPA. DARPA has a lot to do with what's going on. This this all goes back. This all goes back to the beginning, guys. Are they mapping the mind or are they mapping the brain? It's the a brain, mind, same thing. Well, they seem to be focused on the brain actually and and the way that it works. Mm-hmm. Uh from what I can tell. 
that's a, that's a massive site, the Brain Initiative, and they have some interesting articles. And yeah, I think they are being funded by DARPA. So um, so they could be um, trying to control the mind as well. Um, but from what I can tell, from a lot of the articles that I've been reading, it's really the mechanics of how the brain works is what they're focusing on. Uh, but it's pretty interesting. Um, at the same time, um, these are areas that the, the, um, the classified researchers have, they've already covered this area, from what I could tell. Uh, so I'm not, sh- I'm not sure why there's this, um, unless it's just a cover. Uh, you might also recommend people reading Dr. John Hall's guinea pig. That's exactly what we are. Can I share something that I do know? Hello? Yes, please. Yes, please. Okay. I'm listening. Um, well, I, I'm getting some difficult there. Derek, I, I got something to tell y'all. Excuse me. They uh, muted my other phone because they don't want me to tell y'all. I, I want to somebody to work with me because they target my brain so bad until I need okay. somebody. And, and hold on, hold on. We're, we're discussing something else right now, and I really don't want to get sidetracked. Um, we, we'll be switching to general topics, but um, right now we're talking about uh, uh, psychiatric um, abductions and what we as a community can as a community can do about that. That is a topic, and I want to kind of establish some things before we switch over to what you have to say. Okay, who is speaking? Uh, This is Amy. I was um, starting to speak. Um, I was going through some physical therapy for my fractured spine, and I picked up a magazine there at the hospital, and it on the cover was um, uh, one of those medical magazines. It said telekinesis. It is really here, and I know that I saw uh, a factual show that uh, was carried out by a corporation in Canada, um, which in the 50s, um, they had these young kids use their minds to move an object by just thinking, just closing their eyes. So this technology... um, I mean, it went it went into sci-fi mode and then started like, looking crazy like this one guy could blow up another person's head or Okay, okay. we're kind of getting off track with this uh, uh, with this, this manipulation thing. What we're talking about is psychiatric What calls, happened okay? to me, I had something like that happen to me a month ago. I was so shocked. I didn't even know what a 5150 was. I was on my way to dropping my service dog off at the kennel um, so I could prepare uh, some notes and um, uh, collect some information so that I could help others who are disabled as well as myself, uh, how, how to go about getting a service dog, um, how about how to get your doctor to write a letter um, for whatever it is that uh, you need to have it trained for. You can get one trained already or you can train it yourself. Uh, which is what I did. Anyway, I was on my way down there, and about 20 minutes into the drive, um, I get pulled, um, I heard these lights. It's dark out, 8.30 at night, 8.40. Um, I'm trying to get there before they close. Well, I just thought there was a fire, because there's a lot of fires in California. 
so uh, I was headed east, and uh, so I, I pulled over the saw fire truck and the ambulance, and so I thought it was for someone else. Anyway, you know, I, I pulled over, and then uh, the cop comes up to me, and uh, he, of course, asked me for my what's going on, uh, and I said, well, I'm in a hurry. I'm, you know, kind of panicking. I'm trying to get to the kennel before they close the minutes to get there. Um, and he said, well, you were speeding. And I said, yes, I was. Um, you know, so I was going 10 miles more than, than others. But if you look at my record, you'll see you don't you won't find one single ticket on there. I have a clean record. I don't generally drive like that. But I was in a hurry. I was thinking there's a lot of people depending on me um, that I've helped to talk out to the side with the situation of them taking these thoughts that cause schizophrenia in the military. So. Um, Anyway, I've, I've helped many talk about a suicide and brought them before their defense counsel against the DAG so that they would not be prosecuted, but instead those who held the power would be prosecuted. And so that's when I had laid it all out for the senator and did a congressional investigation um, on all the widespread issues within government and I, I'm not one of those anti-police kind of people, but this guy, I could tell, I said, you've never been in the military, have you? And he said, no. It looked like he was, like, fresh out of, like, pop high school. Um, when I asked him if he knew about Jade Helm, he went and wrote on their jihad. I didn't say anything about jihad. I said, Jade Helm. You're going to be involved in this. They're going to make you stand down, or Did you're you going to be involved. Did you ask the police? I, I actually, sh- I showed him the paperwork. I said, Jade Helm is real. It's happening today, right now, as we speak. People are overstressed in the general public. I don't Undercover. care. You're never going to convince a policeman, and he'll think you're nutting. You're pushing the mental ward. Well, no, gotta no. stop doing that. No, I have talked to others, and they said I'll look into it, and they have found it to be true. Many um, colonels that are in the Army, okay, um, Guard okay, and Reserve. Vicky, Vicky we, aren't, we aren't talking about that right now. Okay, uh, we're still on topic of, um, of psychiatric halls, and we're, we're getting some interesting stories from people that have had these experiences that we'd like to develop a um, a protocol uh, for victims if they find themselves in the situation, some, some things to follow, and Donaldson's working on a sheet right now. If you have something to add to the discussion about that, feel free to do so at this time. Um, we'd also like to get some feedback from, from those that have been in there um, that uh, have had the community to help them. What kinds of things have worked to uh, get your release? That kind of thing we'd like to know so that we can emphasize those things. So we're working on a, on a protocol for this. So it's an important discussion because this happens very, very frequently. Hi, Derek. Derek uh, I'm, I'm oh, 
Can I just yeah. ask really quick? Uh, how about like uh, establishing a subcommittee within the illegal committee, specifically on the psychiatric ad- abduction? So this committee consists of like um, advocates uh, for the CI against the abduction, and then um, if so. PI who is about to be abducted could call that number, uh, 1-800 number, toll-free number, and then whoever is on the toll-free number would basically forward the call to one of those advocates. And then that advocate would basically should have equipped with all this legal knowledge of uh, each state concerning this, um, this uh, law. So that, and then talk that with the uh, whoever, the police officer who is about to abduct that PI. Does it make sense? Okay. I'm not clear about what you're saying, um, Tomo. Well, if, you, if you want to email that to me, then uh, maybe we can have a look at that. Yeah. Oh, um, well, so tight. Speak, uh, slowly. Um, basically, we should have, like, the advocate, PA advocate against psychiatric abduction on call. So T.I. who is about to be abducted, or the police are, uh, would take the T.I. into the psychiatric ward, T.I. can call this number, that you're, the, whatever the toll-free number of the FFCHS, and then T.I.'s call will be forwarded to advocate who can, who can basically defend the rights of the T.I. so that T.I. won't be... Okay, uh, yeah, that's that's a great idea. Uh, basically, it will be the legal committee, and that's right. what we're trying to kind of formulate. Right. And, yeah. and you know, I'm, contact there, and they would they would then um, be tasked with um, you know helping the TI in whatever situation because usually they have an opportunity to call out and reach out, and this is what happens usually. They 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 call somebody, uh, which is what they should do if they find themselves in that situation, reach out to the community so that we can respond to them. Right. So this is what we're trying to establish. How do we respond to someone? I have an idea. Like, I have yeah. a really good idea. Okay, um, yeah. this is Corey. Okay, what I think is we can't yet do this in all the states, but in California, if we can call Pete Santilli, and if he shows up with a radio crew, right out front um, and put the whole thing on, you know, this person is not, you know, insane or anything and say it's energy weapons and let all the listeners listen and then... Oh, pin uh, that. Uh, now, uh, we can't call Pete every time somebody gets gets uh, committed. I mean, that's 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 ridiculous. We can't have a, a, a you know, radio show for everybody that, that, uh, that gets taken up. We've got to have a real solution, something that's going to um, uh, be applicable to most people in most states. Um, and, you know, calling on a radio personality is not really practical. Uh, we need something that's going to be, um, I mean, acceptable to a hospital. Uh, either it's, it's a person or um, a letter from an attorney, they'll they'll look at you know something like something along the lines where a hospital will recognize that this is something that they need to take seriously. Yeah, and and that uh, advocates or whatever um, has to already have, uh, have studied the uh, 
the law relevant law in each state. So when when sure he gets the call, um, she can basically explain to the police and more already be the hospital uh, the hospital personnel the uh, well this 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 law should not be applied to this case because this TI is well this person is not danger to herself but to the self author. But that's the that's the point you you have to stress. You can be like you know you can be um, paranoid, you can be delusional, even legitimately delusional. All you cannot be doing is be dangerous to be uh, dangerous to others or yourself. Then yeah, you have to stress again and again. And if you don't um, abide by this this violation of the law. Then you will be in trouble. Is what you have to say to the police or the or the hospital. And right, the police, right. Yeah, okay. The police that's, officers that's... don't know the law. I mean, they just enforce they're enforcing the law that they don't really know exactly. <laughs> so. Okay. And who who were you confronted with? Uh, trauma was it the police that uh, you? That you're oh, talking about. The in the police department, I, I did. But uh, uh, the police officers in general do not really know the uh, law they are enforcing. And you kind well, of have true. to pick on that. Yeah, you have to really pick on that one. You have to really um, rigorously criticize that point. And then they'll back off. Yeah. So you yeah, that that's the point you have to stress that they don't know, the police don't know that they if the if the TI is not dangerous to her to herself or others then, then the police officer cannot take her or him to the hospital. But that's what they do all the time. So we have to yeah, we have to try to advocate advocate um criticizing the police on this score but well, also the do know in many cases that what they're doing is wrong and I think and I'm not sure of this, but in the state of Virginia, I think I have read that they must have a written order from a judge or a written order from a magistrate before they can pick you up and take you to a mental ward. And they claim that, oh, you're dangerous, so they're taking you into the emergency room or the jail. And under that judgment call that they make, that's how they're doing it. Now, how we can learn to get around that, I don't know, Derek, that Mike from Pittsburgh seemed to know a whole lot about it. And as I understand it, one person in Virginia, and you and I both know her some time ago, when four policemen came to her house, she told them, she said, you're not taking me anywhere. You have no written order from a judge and no written order from a magistrate. So three police left, and the other one put in shackles and took her to the mental ward. Oh, okay. Um, who was that that did that? The one in Alexandria. I don't like to use her name, but you and I both know her. Yeah, I think I did hear her share that story, or or yeah. maybe you shared it or something. Well, that's one thing you can tell the police. You have no paperwork, therefore you can't take me anywhere. Well, they'll probably do it anyway. But like well, our yeah, recently, that's the thing. they violate the law anyway. They they usually do what they want to do. That's right. That's a haul, and that's a scary thing. You know, the friend we have in Florida recently, she, I think I heard, I don't know if you ever heard about her, but she was there three days. She opened the door and talked to them, and she should never unlock the door. Never, never, never open the door to policemen. Never. For anything. You don't have to. 
And if they knock it down, they're in trouble. Yeah, but the first thing you have to ask, though, to the police, I don't know, evading the police might not be a good idea because that will make them more suspicious. But well, you, ha- you have to interrogate the police officer, saying that what, what am I doing that is dangerous to myself or others? That would warrant the enforcement of that particular law. What I'm doing, and, then, and you know, if you're not doing anything dangerous, then um, they can't do anything to you. But uh, you have well, to, they, yeah. They well, sorry, that's, that's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's almost very forceful, and uh, you know, it just depends on the individual sometimes. Yeah. So, uh, so she was able to assert herself in that situation, and it worked. Sounds like and, it. You know, yeah. Different things work in different situations. True. Can I read something to you? Yeah. This is Donaldson. I'm just jumping in here. Uh, so, at the time that the person I'm reading from California, uh, the what is it? The involuntary psychiatric treatment. California's 72-hour hold and 14-day certification. And I just wanted to read a little bit. It says, at the time, the person taking you into custody must take reasonable precautions to safeguard your property. Also, he must, he or she must advise you that this is not a criminal arrest and allow you to gather some personal things to bring with you and allow you to make a phone call. Under this law, you are taken to a psychiatric hospital. There, the professional staff may detain you for up to 72 hours if they, too, find that you meet the above criteria, danger to yourself, danger to others, and or grave disability due to a mental disorder. You must be given written notice of why you are being held. While you are being detained for up to 72 hours, the hospital must evaluate you. This evaluation consists of a multidisciplinary analysis of your medical, psychological, educational, social, financial, and legal situation. Legal situation. Legal situation. Oh, my goodness. A similar law allows the police to take you into custody if they think you meet the above criteria due to chronic alcoholism. Now, that's an interesting point, too. So... Um, see, California law only, though, is what I'm reading from you guys, so it may be different in your state. Um, and ultimately, the right of involuntary patients to accept or refuse to take psychi- psychotropic medications is established here in California. Um, you can only be given these medications after the doctor has given you written or verbal, sorry, written and verbal information about the effects and side effects, and you have... Uh, given and has given you uh, and you have given your informed consent. So that's that's crucial right there. That you you can only be given these medications after the doctor has given you written and verbal information about the effects and side effects, and and you have given your informed consent. Hey, you can't get more simple than that about the medication. But uh, especially, I guess it does depend on the, the situation though, and. Yeah, so I hope that that helps a little bit, and I am working on that uh, little bit that, that claim. So. On that man that came out there and talked to the Florida group that day, and lives in Pittsburgh. He's an amateur, and not a lawyer, but he's done a lot of law work. He says there's no such thing as a 72-hour law. I don't know what he meant by that. He probably yeah, means that it's an underground regulation 
or one that's not promulgated by the Secretary of the State, that it would be more of a municipal code? like something that um, should be included in those in those guidelines that um, Donaldson is working on. Can you go ahead and repeat? What, what is it now? You want in there? I will, I'll just write it in right now. Uh, repeat. Okay. I was just saying, get to know people in your community and get to know yeah. them, but also let them know that you're a decent, rational, uh, responsible person and that will help you in case you get into the situation. Are you saying to claim to be healthy and 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 rational? Well, yeah, things like you know, stay away from drugs for one thing, because that would that would be bad. That uh, let people know that you what who you are. You know, it's, you're you're not crazy. You're responsible. You're rational. Get to know people of like interest, like flower arranging. Uh, go to church if you're faithful. Do that. And people will get to know you, and they will think, wait a minute, you've got to be kidding, not this person. I'm just saying other people need to know who you are besides T.I. Because we, we get on night after night and talk to each other about this horrible stuff that's going on with us. But there are people in the world who don't know about it yet. Well, maybe, we can, um, maybe we could develop a letter and... Uh, and this is something that as uh, soon as a person gets taken in, we could fax this immediately to the hospital and and make sure that this person receives this letter as a uh, as a reference, and they can take this letter uh, of support from the from the organization uh, and uh, to the meeting with the psychiatrist. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm a peaceable and rational person and plan to harm no one. That's, that's one great sentence. I am a peaceful and rational right. person and plan to harm no one. Right. Okay, right. And then we could, um, we could develop this letter, make it available to all TIs. Uh, we can fax it to the hospital. 
uh, and then so that uh, they'll have that with them and they could show it to the psychiatrist so that they would realize that they have the backing of an organization that might help them with their interview. Can you make a recommendation? Yeah. I know everything everything in every situation, every state, it's all about perception. And in California and with all you know, the Obamacare, which we knew, once that rolled out, that gave any doctor any access to do anything to lock you up for any reason. And uh my mistake was I said maybe I should file a complaint against you. And the, I guess I've never done that before to a police officer. And I said, you know, because as you can see, I've got nothing on my record. Um, I'm a law-abiding citizen. I don't have anything criminal, um, not even a speeding ticket. Um, and, and that's not who I normally am. I apologize. I was very cooperative. Um, I said, but maybe I need to file a complaint against you. Then he said, well, maybe we'll suspend your license. And he did that. He did that. I have never ever it. had my license suspended, and then they put me. They put me in handcuffs. I've never been in handcuffs in my life. I have my dog with me, my service dog. She's looking like, what is going on? She was like crying, and he said, he said, you're not being arrested. I said, then, you know, I've got spinal injuries. Why are you putting me in these cuffs in the car? So I thought, you know what, keep my mouth shut. We'll go with the program and have them take me to the hospital in the cop car, not in the ambulance, when they kept saying I was going to have a heart attack because I was hyperventilating because I was having a panic attack, which was caused by the medication that the hospital gave me a couple years ago that causes class action suits and strokes and heart attacks. So that was my first one when I was in a car. Sometimes it will come out of the blue um, that I have um, irregular heartbeat now because of my job. So it's all Derricka's getting uh, Everett Poop, 
who was the Surgeon General as a point person on this. If we get someone who is of stature, um, like maybe him or the senator from Kentucky who is going up against all these senators doing wrongful things, Ron Paul, Rand Paul, um, he's a cheerleader for, for the rest of us. Um, Lindsey Graham from South Carolina seems to be, um, but there's very few others. So I I know by my past experience when you have someone very important high up in chain command, um, even if they're retired, they're still an advisor. And I think Edward Cook would be a good one because he's right on the money, and I don't think he's not the type. I don't of think he's still we, living, is he? Uh, I don't know. I don't and think I don't so. Surgeon General is, but I think if we get someone like that on board, and as a, as a directive, as as us as a cooperative, I'll bring our thoughts and opinions on how we can approach this. Um, we can make it so that it looks like it's less taxing on the community, it's less taxing on the hospital. Uh, the emergency services, you know, this is a win-win, you know, if we look at it this way, if we streamline. And, you know, everybody has some really good answers and ideas and solutions on how we come up with some kind of document and maybe some kind of uh, narrative from a credible person, like a certain general. I don't know who the new Surgeon General is. And anybody in the uh, under JMA, the AMA, American Medical Association, um, you know, some of those people, and uh, Journal of American Medicine, you know, maybe start writing letters, uh, faxing or uh, emailing them and presenting issues and solutions. Did they put you in the mental ward? No, they uh, took me to the to the hospital though, and they said we, you're mandatorily held here for five hours. And the doctor who was just doing a residency, I don't see any, I don't see anything wrong with you. Why are you here? And I just said I told her, you know, um, she was new. She thought it was, you know. I told her what happened. I was having a panic attack. So I said, it's not just a, it's not, you know, they keep pushing the issue. It's a mental problem. No, it's not. I have a regular heartbeat now from the medications that the government gave to me where people are dying and having strokes and heart attacks, which I've had several at, you know, I'm not even 60 yet. And, um, you know, causes um, irregular um, breathing now um, because I was exposed to toxic mold and E. coli that's rampant throughout California that messes with your, your memory. I'll also call one day. If you're interested, please call me and I'll help if you and Neil too can help you with natural medicine which will build up your heart and make it better but we can't do yeah, that Yeah, I'm all about holistic medicine and I will not take all this stuff they're shoving. You have to take this. I said, no, I don't. I said, partly it's hormonal no, too. Men, no. men go through hormonal changes too. I said, I know that that was a big reason. I had but zero going estrogen. Going back to people who are in mental wards, how can we get them out, Derek? That man that came from the Florida telephone call said that he would advise everybody, like our group, 
to immediately contact the administrator of the hospital and to immediately find out who owns the hospital and notify them that you will file a lawsuit against them if they continue to hold this person illegally. And he said that worked for him in many occasions. Well, one thing I do know is just two years ago, all all of California, they've had write-ups about this stuff, that the people with the power and the money are the ones but we're that trying are to write a book of the guidelines, aren't we, tonight? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we're trying to get some ideas for that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, if you're just joining us, that's our topic. And uh, so far we've had some good discussions. Um, if you have some ideas you'd like to share about developing protocols for helping those that have been um, psychiatrically detained, uh, we'd like to hear about that. Um, I've, I've written down some ideas uh, from tonight's uh, session so far that we can implement, and um, hopefully that'll uh, change the dynamic. Uh, we're trying to establish some protocols, uh, and also the legal committee. Uh, now, they will be very instrumental um, in these instances, so if we can get Donald uh, and a few others together for the uh, legal committee, that would be um, the ones to contact in the event that this happens. Correct. Well, I Correct. think that the, what this Mike said outside of the Pittsburgh that was on the Florida call was really outstanding. First of all, he used the Havis Purpose Forum to get it was Sheila to get out, and then um, the one that Rhonda had was a court-appointed attorney, but he knew someone that she, she was a friend, and he got her out immediately, but it was the friend who really got her out instantly after yeah, seven days. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing you know, about this. That, it's more, that has worked the most effectively. People have gotten you know out immediately. In uh, under the threat of a lawsuit, you know, hospitals are very concerned about you know uh, possible uh, litigation. They they tend to to release people very shortly if they're going to take that type of action. So, so in your guidelines, you should write and contact the owner of the hospital, owners of the hospital, and contact the administrator immediately. I think right. you've done that before, haven't you? And didn't it work for that lady in Florida, Sue or somebody? Uh, yeah, somebody threatened to sue the hospital, and they, she was immediately released. So, um, what? I mean, they know that, that what they're doing, they're on shaky ground legally. So uh, rather than um, go to that expense or what have you, they just released the person. Habeas corpus is like the equivalent to making a claim for money for your time also, especially if you if they haven't made a legal determination. You know, I mean, it's like implied contracting. You know, there's there's many ways to do it, you know. But, uh, I, I mean, the habeas corpus is actually an aspect of the trial, pro- the, the presenting yourself before the judge. So you wouldn't necessarily need a habeas corpus in the hospital at that instant. But, uh, you know, maybe if you know how to do your own habeas corpus or get some something, then, yeah, okay, well, that'll be something for the legal committee to, to, to work on, but um, for people, I suppose. But the this what, this issue of making a claim initially that, you you know, you're cognitive and you, 
you know, that you're peaceful and man of peace or woman of peace and you, 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 ha- you don't want to harm anyone and that you're going to charge money for uh, every hour that you're there without any legal determination being made. See, that's the key part. You ask for money for every hour that you're there without the determination. So they can keep you there for 72 hours if they want to, and you agree to that as long as they pay, you know, pay, the, pay the amount that you're asking per hour if, you know, until they make that determination. And once they make it, there you go. And what that does, it has the same effect of, as a habeas corpus because you're, you're saying, where's the, where's the, I'm here as a man, as a woman, as a living being, and where's your claim? And I'm working on some of the stuff right now. I'll be sending it over to Derek. Thank you. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Why don't we um, Why don't we uh, get some final thoughts on the subject, and then we can uh, segue into general discussion. Okay, final uh, thoughts. last time, some final thoughts about uh, psychiatric detention. Uh, if anyone has experienced that or um, has any kind of thoughts about uh, their experience, how we can help uh, them in that situation. Um, I got a suggestion. Yeah. Don't go challenging police officers if you've had a few drinks. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty funny, but it's true, you know. Because, yeah. And also, if they if they do come up to you, don't be so quick to try to get their information. Be patient, and maybe say, "Hey, do you mind if I get your star number after they get your information?" Because what, it's you know, you don't want to seem like. A, I mean, obviously, they've been told to watch out for. Oh. Oh, sovereign citizens! Uh, so, uh, be careful of them putting you into that pigeonhole. Uh, and yeah, so okay. also, uh, yeah. yeah, that's it. Thanks. Yeah, I just unmuted somebody there, and that's who that was. Um. So anyway, uh, thanks uh, very much, Donaldson, for participating in this discussion, and. Uh, and hopefully you can be uh, instrumental in uh, formation of the legal committee that we're trying to get, uh, we're trying to reformulate. And uh, um, there are several others, um, there's a couple of people I know of that will be interested in working with you. Uh, once we get it up and running, then hopefully uh, we can draw some other people that also have legal experience to help. So um, I think it will be important to have that committee uh, in those particular instances so that we can guide people and um, maybe we can develop a letter and a letter from the organization that we could send to people if they find themselves there and that might help mm-hmm. as well. What, wait, can you say that, say that last thing again? I was saying that maybe we can um, develop a support letter for someone in that situation that maybe they can present to the psychiatrist or the doctor, whoever's evaluating them, that uh, that might help as well. 
true, but they have to have knowledge of what the letter says, and they have to really be about that, too. Like, you know, what they asked me on the way out of their, after I gave them my handwritten constructive notice asking for $30,000 an hour for every hour to keep me in there with no determination, they, they wanted to know whether I wanted to hurt myself or someone else. And I told them that I loved myself, and I, and I didn't tell them anything about not wanting to hurt anyone else. All I said was, I love myself, and I, and I love others because of that. You know, I didn't really focus on what I was going to do to anyone else. I really only focused on my my mental capacity. I did instead of instead of saying, "Oh, I'm not going to hurt anyone. I'm not going to do anything to some other people, other people, other people." I'm focusing on me. You know, what I'm saying, "Okay, well, you know what? I'm a loving person. I love myself. I love others. I'm a peaceful man." So those comments. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah. Sometimes so, we send uh, information, let's say, to uh, a police department, uh, stating that you know this person has threatened me. And there is a lot of money in behind it uh, that is being withheld. And uh, they're trying to say that, you know, uh, they have felt threatened um, when they're holding the purse strings. Then um, how do you protect yourself against something like that? And you also go to a hospital in uh, in medical assistance instead of psychological assistance and um, uh, you have one doctor come in, examine you, say, oh, you've got a lump on your lymph node and then another doctor comes in and says, oh, well, you know, we need to have you uh, psychologically tested and and, uh, mentally evaluated. Uh, what's wrong with that picture? Oh, no. Okay, somebody in East Maryland, I had to mute your line because of some noise coming from it. And also, Melinda, there's some noise coming from your line. Uh, you might want to try, um, uh, whoever's in East Maryland and Melinda, you might want to try calling back in, and maybe uh, that will clear up your line. But for now, to keep you muted. So I, you have falsely imprisoned... Uh, you have falsely imprisoned the living man. I, just so you guys know, living man is is everything. Is is, is everything. Excuse me, can I, can I interrupt? This is Antonio Carabula from Closter. How about just making up like business cards or something to that extent, saying to call this number so you can talk to a professional? And I mean, you actually claiming to say. Uh, you're asking for thirty thousand uh, dollars an hour or whatever. I don't know what what are you talking about there. I mean that sounds uh, absurd. I mean sure, that's something can. that sounds sane mm-hmm. because I'm a sane person here. I mean you sound um, you know I don't want to accuse you of anything, but you know I ended up going to uh, the psych ward at the beginning, but I was actually asking the police for help because I was getting hit so hard and a lot of weird shit was happening. And I just went to the police. I mean this happened four years ago. I just went to the police, basically wrote up a letter. I actually asked for a police report. I didn't write it up there. I walked out of there because they were hitting me hard while I was in the police station. I'm born and raised in this town, so I know some of the cops in my town. 
And for people that want to move around, I say you stay where you are because you're going to get hit anywhere you go. When you move around, then you don't know anybody where you move. So your best bet is staying where you live. You're still going to get hit as hard as anywhere, anywhere you move. I mean, you know, Brian, too, he moved no, all over. What ask you was, what well. is your $30,000 an hour point? That's not a lawsuit. That's not sensible. I would that, think that's that that's that's it's yeah. not. So that's why that's, I just lowered the number down to $1,000. I think you guys are right about ask, that. Don't even ask for any money like that. I mean, that just sounds absurd. You know yeah. why it sounds absurd to you? Because you never tried it. You, you sound a little absurd saying that. Well, no, I listen to this, man. I've done it. It's worked. And that's why I'm can having I, it. Can I it just speak here, please? Yeah, go can ahead. I just speak here, here? I just went to the police, asked them for a police report. I walked out of there because basically they hacked into everything in my house. So I basically wrote them a report about that. It's about three pages of all the stuff they hacked into. You know, anything electronic they hacked into. <clears throat> but then I dropped them off a three-page letter that I actually sent to my senators about electronic harassment. It's nicely typed up. And I actually dropped that off at the police station with my police report. So now they have that on record. And, you know, the police said they would look into it. So at least I have some on record. And I have some acknowledging that I did get tortured by this technology. And I have, like, good backup. I have, you know, I have patent numbers on there. I have, I have a nice little paper written up, a three-page paper. That's all you have to do. I mean, well, you know, there, I, I, there is I one step. Be, You're I right. think it should be a business card that they can contact, um, you know, our, our legal department. Hey, Derek. They can he's right. They say that this person is a legal per you know, is the same person. It's not going to harm somebody or it's not going to harm anybody else. And just to explain that this technology is out there. That's okay. Amazing. Yeah, that, that does sound. That, that sounds pretty good. Is that, is that Walter? No, this is Antonio on Cluster. Oh, Antonio. Oh, hi. Okay. Well, that's, that's uh, a good I suggestion. Yeah. That, uh, did you hear that, uh, uh, Donaldson? Yeah, I heard that. Uh, maybe, we could, could. maybe we could come up with some cards that we could distribute uh, that would, uh, you know, for a person in that situation that might not help. Right. Well, yeah, that's essentially what we're doing here is we're making a couple of lines and we'll put some, you know, if any people want laws to be included in that, then, you know, you can put that in there too if that's what you want. But really, I don't think you should you should re include any state law, but just be making your, you know, your own claim or whatnot. But it, initially, the thing that we're going to have to do is, um, I think the gentleman is right, though, with a card that, that, that if you know somebody or, you know, give, give the number to the legal committee, you know, so that way they can call the lawyer because they do get the right to have a lawyer when you go in there, you know. But you know, I've been in there, and uh, yeah, there's, there's, you get that right to call someone. But um, yeah, it's totally work workable to to claim a monetary amount, add that to your claim that you're a sane person. I mean, it's totally doable, and it would be an incentive for them to put you out of there. It couldn't hurt anything, and so yeah, I mean, I can appreciate your resistance to that, but. Um, so yeah, that could that's workable. A little card with a little bit of information. Oh, uh, Derek, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, yeah. Hi, uh, Cassandra. Uh, you have um, a question? Well, um, I just have a, a comment and just want to um offer to help a little bit. Remember, there were a couple of times when we had um two individuals at different times where um you and I um did letters and sat up all night and you know helped these people. 
in. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I still have those uh, letters on file. So I'd be um, pleased to share with um, with the person who's developing this letter um, what we have. So I just wanted, wanted to say that, that I do, you know, uh, still okay. have. Okay, yeah, that, that letter could be very instrumental, um, you know, if... If in the, in uh, in this case, whoever it might be, that it goes to uh, the judge, right? And that's that's where um, we were uh, a, we were instrumental in that particular situation to um, in getting this individual released. The judge actually released this person immediately uh, after the court session. So we were um, the letter we wrote was uh, very important. She had a very supportive attorney, which um, was very, very instrumental in getting a release. And they challenged the doctors and the hospital and what they were doing. And she was out of there in just, you know, just a minute. So, you know, all, th- all those things working together can really help the TI. And they don't always have a supportive attorney, but in this case, they did. A yeah, you know, the age of majority has a lot to do with it, too. So we're, I'll put something in there about making this, you know, I'm I'm of the age of majority, and I don't know, you know, I have no minors disabilities, so that would stop me from managing, you know, my, my, my legal affairs, so I, I don't consent to, you know, being medicated, that kind of stuff, you know. Okay, what they're gonna have to yeah, do is, that, that, that's important, yeah. That's yeah, absolutely. Kind of... Hello, Derek? Uh, yeah. Uh, hi, this is Billy. Um, oh, hi, Billy. Uh, I, I would like to say, uh, uh, around six years ago, uh, <clears throat> I was getting, uh, I was getting drugged and uh, poisoned and everything. And um, I remember years ago how guys that were in uh, trouble with uh, drug dealers and whatever they were trying to hide, they would put themselves in rehabs and stuff like that. And um, so even though I haven't uh, messed around with that kind of lifestyle in many years, during the time, like I said, like six, around six years ago, uh, uh, some uh, people from my past, <clears throat> they uh, uh, were in on the, the poisoning and the drugging and everything. I didn't know what was going on at the time. and um, <clears throat> But uh, I more or less had went to the VA to uh, pretty much uh, uh, try to hide, and uh, and and being that I didn't know what was going on with the drugging and the poisoning and stuff, I went uh, and I've never been into a mental uh, place or anything like that. But uh, <clears throat> I went ahead and I did that, and um, they and uh, they um, have uh, tried to. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, goodness gracious, can't even think of the name. But bring up stuff in my past to try to get me to to not uh, uh, say, you know, things. Trying to shut me up, more or less. I can't believe I can't think of the daggone word for it. Who uh, is trying to shut you up? Pardon me? Who is trying to shut you up? Oh. What, a, being in a mental ward? No, no. The the people that I was running from during that time <clears throat> and from my past and uh, blackmail, there's the word I'm looking for. So, uh, 
so, you know, they've tried to blackmail me a bunch of times and everything, and, you know, and, uh, and, and at least one time, that time, what happened was when I went into the, and, uh, to the, uh, ward, uh, I talked to the doctor, and, um, the doctor had, knew where I was leading to, I know this sounds crazy, but, and told me, so we, why don't you stop right there and you go think about, you know, before you finish what you're going to say, uh, why don't you think about it uh, for a little bit? And so I left the office, and, um, again, the blackmailing started, you know, and they got me that time. And so when I went in there, went back in to talk to the doctor, I said, I, I, I wasn't going to continue with what I was saying. I said, just just forget it. I said, just forget it. You know, <clears throat> and by doing that, don't ask me what they put, what category you're putting, unstable or whatever. I don't know, but that gave them the excuse to more or less hold me against my my will. So what I'm saying is, if anybody's ever in a situation like that, and and you want to, uh, and you change your mind, veer off. Don't just don't just change immediately because veer off and work your way, you know, out of uh, uh, try to make, uh, well, the bottom line is don't don't just spin it around and, you know, and, and, and say, you know, forget it like I did because you'll put yourself in that situation, and when you're in that situation, you can't leave. You have to wait for them to give you the okay. And otherwise, you can stay in there and say, okay, well, yeah, I feel okay. I'd like to leave. And one other thing is, by chance, if uh, if, 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 any of, if anybody takes you, whether it be law enforcement or whatever, unfortunately, I'm familiar with this, uh, take you uh, against your will to a mental hospital or or whatever, uh, and the hospital, you know, tries to talk to you and say, well, you know, why, why don't you come in and, and, and rest for a while? It's late. No, 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 you don't, don't do that. Don't do it. No, that's right. And I want to say that because, you know, and that's, that's who is that coughing? Would you please push star six? And whoever's making all that noise, please push star six. But maybe that'll help somebody out that maybe might be in a similar situation because I didn't know anything about that stuff. And, you know, and, uh, uh, I mean, they really, they really daggum run me through the mill big time, you know. And, Your uh, thing is, what you're really saying is, if you go talk to them, they will set you up. They will trick you into doing something that will get you in trouble, and they will throw you in the mental ward. In other words, people must be very aware of what they're doing because they do it to everybody, and people get on here and talk about it on the calls, and they tell what you're telling. They will tell that they do things to set them up and trick them into something and throw them in the hospital. Yeah, when they get the orders to do to 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 do what they're supposed to do to a TI, you know, that's what they'll do. That's right. Yes, good. Good. I'm glad you said that. When they get the orders to do it to a TI, because they've been trying to do it to me for a long time, 
And they're still trying. This woman next door works for the sheriff's department, and she never quits. And she's a psychopath, and she's nuts. But they're trying to do it to T.I.s, and what you just said was a whole statement of everything you said. When they get the word, and they get a phone call, and you're there, they're going to do everything possible to put you there. You better not say anything about what's going on, or you two, or voices. Just try to get out and go home and be safe. Doctors, they, 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 follow, they follow orders, you know. Like you said, they get the call, you know, and told what to do, what to say, what, you know. And uh, That's right. That's right. And I think half our TIs get thrown in the mental ward because somebody called the emergency room and said throw them there. Somebody called the cops. The cops always ask them, this woman next door does it. And they're always trying to get TIs and put them in a mental ward. What you're saying is true. That's all. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, uh, who's there? This is Roseanne from Northern California. Oh, hi, Roseanne. Do you have something hi. to add to this discussion? Yeah. Um, ben Claudson, who was at the Richmond City Council here. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, he has a letter online. And he's a psychologist, and it is about targeted individuals and how he realized that um, there is remote sensing and influencing technology and that his assuming that people who reported it were, uh, were crazy was wrong. So this is something that people might want to print out. Um, it's you said it's a letter? letter? It's a letter from him. He's a psychologist, and he's saying Address. that targeted, yeah, targeted Address individuals. Uh, Address. It's, it's uh, an advisory for healthcare professionals. Oh, and really? And it's okay. dated June 2014, and it is on, uh, you can do a search for stop thecrime.net and then put in his name which is Benjamin Colodzin C-O-L-O-D-Z-I-N and you should come up with the letter and it's very good he's working with targeted individuals and he is a psychologist and he's acknowledging the technology and saying that a lot of um Healthcare professionals are making the wrong diagnosis. Um, so that's a good one to print out and have with you. Another one, of course, is Javanka Beckel's letter to targeted individuals, which you read a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I've actually been circulating it online. And in in that letter, she uh, she talks about targeted individuals, and says that they should be listened to. That this is true. And she's a city council member, so that might carry a bit of weight. Um, what I did in my situation was I was very very careful to get proof with everything that happened to me and. 
Um, I actually tried to uh, get help from the state of California as a crime victim, and they suggested that I see a psychologist. Um, I was asking for financial help to relocate, and they wanted a psychologist letter saying that relocating would help with the problems that I was experiencing. So I actually had to go to a local psychologist, and um, he was extremely thorough. He uh, he took six weeks to write the letter that I wanted, and he asked for all my proof. He asked for all my documentation. He wanted to talk to anybody who knew anything about what was happening in my life. It went on and on and on and on. And in the end, he gave me a letter which said, this woman is not delusional. She's a crime victim. And um, the right. reason that he could do that was that I had documented everything that happened to me. I, I When there was vandalism, I made police reports. When I was smelling chemicals and other people smelt chemicals on my property, I wrote out a statement to to that effect and made them sign it. And I had three of those letters. I uh, had people who witnessed the vandalism to my car write up a statement and sign it. And, you know, this has been going on for five years, so I've, I had a lot of these documents. And I brought them in to this psychologist, and he was very thorough. He talked to people. He looked at all the, you know, everything that I brought in, and he drug tested me twice without me knowing it, and on and on and on and on. And I thought, God, this is taking forever. But he was concerned about his liability because he was working with the state, and in the end, I walked out with a letter that said, this woman is definitely not delusional. She's a crime victim. I've looked at all of what they gave you, because I'm having chemical problems. They're going to be dead soon, but please tell me what chemical test they gave you. Uh, they did not give me a chemical test, and right now I'm working on finding out where to get one, because I actually have a sponsor I, in the community who's willing to help pay for testing and, you know, stand behind me. And it's the first time I've been able to really uh, look at my options for approving some of this because I have financial help. So um, I'm just now trying to find uh, testing for chemicals and also uh, I was looking at the a video of the Richmond City Council proceeding, and Dr. Kolodzin said that there is a test to detect nanoparticles in the body. He, he uh, that was in his testimony to the City Council. So right now I'm doing research on all the testing that can be done on TIs because I have financial backing. So um should be able to call Dr. Stanager and ask her and she'll tell you what test. I think you can test for that. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, well I've never considered any of this because I've you know, I've been made poor. Um but um Join the crowd. I now have some 
Yeah, I now have someone saying let's let's deal with this and um, wanting to help and uh, you know someone who believes me because they're also a target in another way. This woman so, who works with the sheriff's department who's next to one of me has put plastic tubing into my ductwork and the reality they're filling up my house with phenol, etc. I need to test for that. So if you find out, let me know. Yeah, um, it's hard to um, uh, test for the chemicals I hear because they dissipate. And if, you know, I've had um, uh, professionals to my home and the, the you know, it's very hard to test for the chemicals because well, they I've dissipate. Had they lie for you. They I had a house run by the exterminator. They lie frequently, but go ahead. Yeah, um, but I have heard that they can test for them in the body. You just have to know how to how to go about how to go about it. Do it two um, ways. Yes, some things in your blood work, and some things you have to do a fat biopsy, get a piece of fat, and have it tested. And that's the way you do it. Yeah, actually, you know, someone told me at the beginning of all this to go to the coroner. And I went, what? <laughs> and they said, no, seriously, the coroner will have the best information about testing for anything in the body. Well, I never thought to do it. <laughs> well, you know, I never wanted to go to the coroner because I was already afraid for my life. So that just seemed like... Oh my God! I don't want to do that. But when I think back on that, I think that's actually a pretty good idea because those people are in forensic science. You know, the people who are trying to des- decide how someone died—they have the probably. Yeah, the they're not going to do it for you for free. I don't think. And you know, if you go to the state lab, they work with the police department. They lie about it anyway. But unless you go into court and really do something with it, there's no point in doing it. Yeah. Well, I'm interested in this information. If anybody knows about testing, maybe that could be the subject of another show. Um, you know, what what tests are available to TIs? Well, I know all the tests that are available, but they cost a fortune. I did all that years ago in 87 when my house was ruined by the exterminator and I got poisoned. But if you want to talk with me about it, ask Derek to give you my telephone number. Please call me. I'm Alice. Okay, Alice, thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you. That would be great because, uh, you know, we don't talk about chemicals much, but it is, it is a huge part of this, you know. Okay, and, uh, uh, okay I thought you were finished. Go ahead. No, I'm done. Okay, um, all right, since you're finished, I... Um, We'll say that I found the letter from Dr. Um, Kalatsan, and it is supportive of uh, target individuals. This is a document that uh, TIs could take with them uh, into a meeting with a psychiatrist uh, or, you know, to court or wherever because it directly addresses our issues. And, um, okay, as a preface, this it states on this document, this letter is from Dr. Colleton, a psychologist who understands what is happening to targeted individuals. This letter significantly helped a tortured woman in California. The psychiatrist changed her diagnosis from schizophrenia to delusional, and she was released from the hospital. Right. So... Um, I'm not sure if that's an improvement, but I guess as long as she was released. 
Um, well, you know, it's something. And actually, I have a friend who called him, and he is actually working with targeted individuals. So you might be able to get a personal letter from him, but he wants some kind of verification of your targeting. And I forget what, what form that took. I think it was uh, some kind of testing. Um, I'd have to find out uh, details about that. But he is trying to help targeted individuals. And he did speak at Richmond. You probably heard him or uh, saw him. Um, he's really a force, you know. Um, he is a well, Yeah, I know who he's talking about. And, and yeah, he would be, he's somebody that has credentials and credibility, and he could do a lot for the community. Um, so this letter is something that um, we could distribute to the community uh, in the event that this happens. Um, we probably need to have more conversations about this because it's very important and very germane to our uh, experience. And um, as I mentioned earlier, this is probably the first time we've had this discussion uh, as a community about what we need to do for those that are um, abducted in this manner. So um, so we got some really good feedback tonight and some, some uh, really good people working on this. And um, I'll say over the next couple of weeks, we'll probably have something, um, a complete uh, set of protocols for people to follow in the event that this happens, uh, complete with documents that they can present um, uh, to the hospital if they get in this situation. So um, we'll have um, some things to work with pretty soon. Yeah, I think, you know, everybody should be documenting everything they can. You know, for me, it wasn't like uh, it was the body of the work I had, uh, the proof I had collected that gave me the positive diagnosis with the uh, psychologist that I saw. It was because he could look at 20 uh, police reports. He could look at signed statements from witnesses. Uh, all kinds of things. I mean, I had a folder that was about an inch thick that he could look through, and he could verify any of it. And so as you're going through this, whatever you can document, you really should, because it's okay, for your, well, your protection, you know? Yeah, what I think I'll do um, is, is kind, of, um, uh, kind of remove that paragraph at the top Mm -hmm. which uh, is a preface and basically is saying that the um, that's something that they shouldn't really uh, be looking at. It changed their diagnosis from schizophrenia to delusional. So uh, that part I'll have to kind of um, have to do a little bit of editing to this document. Yeah, so, I think um, that's a good idea. Um, um, you know, the document's good, but I agree that that paragraph on top isn't that great. Uh, but also Javanka Beckel's letter about targeted individuals I thought was really strong and, um, you know, uh, uh, Okay, well, yeah, that uh, was Amy better than uh, Yeah, Amy gave me a copy of it when I saw her, and oh. I made a bunch of copies and sent them out to other targets. And, uh, you know, these are just good things to have in your back pocket because, 
it's a little more difficult to call you delusional when you have the backing of a psychologist and a city council member. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, yes, right. Um, uh, we'll develop a package for for those that uh, are facing this. Of document, yes. um, this letter from Dr. Collinson, uh, the letter from Javanko Beckles, right. um, and maybe a letter from the organization as well. Right. We can develop something uh, supportive. Um, and someone mentioned something about cards. We could develop some cards also if people want to present that. So all of you know, all of that information. Uh, if someone becomes, in the event that they become uh, captured in the system, uh, we could fax them to the individual, and they would have um, uh, this to support their uh, support their claims. So um, these are going to be important in terms of um, backing their their sanity and that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, I think this so is great stuff. You know, because a lot of people are afraid to talk out because of this possibility of diagnosis. So I think what you're doing is really great stuff. It really helps the whole movement of, you know, exposing this. And that's all I've got to say. Thank you. Okay. um, I went and sent you that email. It has a pretty much a good enough letter for an emergency situation. And then oh. I could also, you know, you know, it's a fast write, but um, you know, the dynamite comes in small packages. And uh, okay, did you just send that uh, just now? To Derek Robinson. No, that's Derek C. Robinson. Derek C. Okay, hold on, I think I did send you something. I, yes. Yes, I went ahead and sent that out. Um, so you said you just what's... replied to the email I sent? Yeah, this thing actually says it's still sending, though. So I'm going to... I don't know why it would be still sending. But uh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll copy and paste right now and share this with you in my Gmail. I'll just send you a share link. That should do it. <sighs> Anyways, this has been fun. I'll read it to you. So it says, I, you know, and then your name, am of the age of majority and am not aware of any minor's disabilities with regard to managing my legal affairs. I conditionally accept your offer of forced medication on proof of claim that I do not have a right to consent or not to consent to being medicated. For every hour of this detention where a mental health legal determination as it pertains to my competency has not been made, I am held, and I am held against my will, hospital will give consideration in the amount of $5,000 for every hour. I am a peaceful and rational person and plan to harm no one. And then you just sign at the bottom. <laughs> I don't think they're going to pay you $5. But you might add that since where it says uh, you agree to pay me three or 5000 in lieu of a lawsuit or if I file a lawsuit or you could say it is my legal right to file a lawsuit to obtain this money for my time. 
Let me interject. Like that, but you can't just say you're going to have to pay me $3,000. Let me, let me no. interject. Let me interject. I'll clear something up for you. I'll, this is the point that you're making, I think. You, you guys, if you really want to avoid any issues at the hospital and you're not insane, then give them notice that way before you think you might get picked up. Send it to the hospital. Send this letter to, you know, uh, the, 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 the mayor, you know, get it. But what I want you to do is send it to yourself first, right, through registered mail and keep that registered number. And then you send out that, that same registration number, right, with the document to everybody that you want to have it. Then you've given them notice, and if you get picked up, you actually, they have already gotten notice that you have that claim. So yeah. there's a little bit of procedure to follow with this. You absolutely must do that, and you must put on there to whom you sent it, and I fax mine and get a copy of the receipt so I have a receipt. Right, yeah. Once you get that registration, um, that, you know, registered mail really works, really works well. That, and you just, you really don't, you want to have your own sealed, um, copy of this letter with a registration number on it, and then you're going to send out copies of the original to everyone with that registration number on it. And yep. But you must fax it because you won't have a receipt if you don't. What do you mean you won't have a receipt? Receipt well, for what? I fax mine to people so I have a receipt and I fax them a copy of it, and oh. they have. Right. Uh, remedy that for that would be third-party server, or you could also use like electronic, um, like you're doing right there, facsimile, or like a registered email server that has yeah. a that's basically a third-party service. Um, yep. But uh, I just faxed it cost me a dollar. That's all. I've got a copy for picture receipt. I mean, you do the same thing at the post office, but yeah, I, I think one, once you just need to give them notice, everyone, and and once they have that notice, I mean, it, it's still notice if you if it's if they surprise you. I mean, they let me out in ten minutes after, but they had me in there for two hours before I wrote it. Then I I wrote the note with the rights and with the claim, and I was out ten minutes later. Um, with with check this out, with a fraudulent signature, they signed for me on the documents. And not even didn't even look like my name. It wasn't even my signature. It was like something else altogether. And uh, yeah, really weird that they just fr messed up my paperwork on the way out too. Said that I they gave me back property that they never even gave me. It was really yeah, like weird. Uh, a question: When you are in there and you're in the hospital and you don't have any money, how do you make telephone calls? Oh, I was only in there for two hours. I know, but somebody and else could be in there for a day or two or something. How do they get to use? Is the telephone free? Do they let you call somebody? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, somebody knows there. Sometimes they give you cards. Oh. They, by law, they have to tell you that you're not. It's not a criminal issue, and that they actually have. They're gonna have to give you, you know, these this awareness of your right to ha make a phone call and to let people know where you are. And they have to, they have to technically let you pick up some things that, I mean, in California, they have to like let you get some things if they need, if you need to get some things from your home, you know? So it, it, it's really, there's a lot of things they're not telling you. And 
So, so sometimes if you're trying to assert your rights uh, in a situation, and then they will, what they're trying to do, see, there's no record for you with your legal name having reached the age of majority in their system. So what they're going to do, because you're trying to act like you're competent and they have no proof, is they'll just send you to the psych ward, and if they let you out with a thumbs up, then you're, then you're good to go. And they're going to circumvent having to go to court to get the removal of... Yeah, and here's but, scary for me and others, and Derek, we need to work on this. If people are put in a psychiatric ward, how could they get in touch with you to say, I'm here, please get me out? Well, people do that too all the time, uh, either directly or indirectly. And um, so that's why I'm developing this protocol. Well, awesome. Do they, do they let you make a telephone call if you don't have any money and no cell phone? Well, what they usually do is there's a patient phone, and um, that's what they've been using, to my knowledge. Okay. Well, that's really impressive. I like that. What? What the what the what uh, Derek's doing? What he's working on there. For TIs, you know, if they're put in that situation, you know, he'd, he'd do his best to uh, try to get justice, you know, do to get get the TI done right. If he doesn't need, he or she doesn't need to be in there, he'd do his best to try to get them out. That's really good. Well, absolutely, and, I, and yeah, yeah no doubt. thank you, Derek. <laughs> Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's why we're here. I knew this information was going to be able to help some people. I just didn't know how I was going to be able to convey these this knowledge. And it's almost like, you know, very angelic to have this call and then have this opportunity to share this information with hundreds of people, you know. Uh, so, wow, man, you know, thank you again for bringing me on and, you know, uh, definitely, again, don't go, I, I've never gone in there saying I'm a TI or you can't target me, you know, don't, I would not be referencing anything about like TI stuff when you're, when you're getting spoken to, you know, if anyone's, you know, not wanting to get messed with, don't say the word TI around the police, I suppose, when they're talking to you. Does anyone know about the GoPro? The what? The GoPro um, just came out. Um, Verizon sells it for $300, and it has a watertight case, so you can mount it in your car. You can mount it on yourself. It has audio and visuals uh, up to I think, 50 to 100 feet. And uh, oh, that's great. That's great. You know what? That's fantastic. Uh, but you know, what? let me say this: you, we can come as a third party uh, to help other people. So you guys definitely get with me and get with Derek. Uh, under federal rules of civil procedure, we, you know, we if we're going to come in and help as a third party, someone else, we have to come in as the United States. And so yes. therefore, there, it's definitely possible for, for if you want to reach out and call Derek or someone or me, email. I mean, I don't know. My phone, hopefully it's on, but, uh, you know, definitely, yeah, that'll work. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah thank I, you, uh, ma'am. We can, uh, 
I was in the high-tech industry, so I know a little bit about a lot of different things. Um, people in my unit were in biotech in the Bay Area. I worked with side by side with these Silicon Valley people. So, and I worked with I worked with Intel. So I know kind of the psyops on how the government thinks. Um, it's forever changing their procedures and their their hideous ways of of um, basically being covert. And you have to be astute and covert and not paranoid, not schizophrenic. And uh, if you think somebody is following you, don't let them on to think that you think that they're following you. You just kind of like do a little test and turn this way, see if they turn that way, and you just act like, you know, turn up your radio and just, you know, act like you're not paying attention. You just have to be covert about everything. Because if you let on that that they've disturbed you or they've gotten to you, they've intimidated you, that's when they've won. You can't let them win. Show no fear. Excuse me. Um, Someone was just telling me uh, recently that, um, uh, well, I I was looking for um, stuff on the Internet, like uh, Game Stalker's Confession, and I found something in the past, And uh, but it, uh, I, I, the actual article, I guess, they did away with. So, I, you know, I couldn't even get it. Well, anyways, me and this uh, man were just recently talking, and he said, you know, uh, there's there's some good people, you know. He said uh, that uh, basically what I was hoping for that you know a gang stalker would come out, you know, and and change his ways and start you know talking, and which there is a little bit of that. But um, then on YouTube, I don't know if y'all have seen it, but I just recently seen this that um, I think it's something like uh, I should have wrote it down, but something like gang stalker uh, confesses. And it's a, a couple of um, young African American men, and um, one of them's a TI. He's the one taking the video, and the other one's a gang stalker. And he starts, you know, he starts talking. He, you know, he's uh, and, and and it's sincere. It's real. I I believe him. You know, I I believe uh, everything that that's going on there. And um, but he's talking about how they go into city hall, the gang stalkers, and what they have to go through. Uh, as far as um, the, the the cycle period on their training and, you know, not supposed to have drugs. And, I mean, he, he, it's not that long of a video, but he puts out quite a bit of good information and, and talks about how they get paid with um, with cards. Like, uh, I, I'm just using it as an example. I can't remember the companies he said, but like, say, Walmart cards, $100 gift card. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Money places to eat, you know, restaurants, stuff like that, said they eat good, and so I, I just thought I would mention that, and, you know, he really, the the T.I. says, you know, he's a hero at the end of the video, and he really is, you know, um, I would suggest, you know, I know you guys, hope, you know, probably be interested to hear that, but uh, it really was, uh, you know, brought some uh, more hope to me, I tell you that. Well, unfortunately, it's only going to it's going to get worse. So we have to be smarter and work harder, or work work smarter, not harder. And if you look up Operation Jade Helm, that's 
to take place um, the 15th. That's why they put a scare out to everybody that we were going to have a jihad or some kind of ISIS attack on the 4th of July. No, they put that scare out because they've already started the Operation Jade's Helm PSYOPs, blending into society, um, looking as a tourist or asking questions. And um, they already started the PSYOPs. And let me tell you, what's, what, whatever your belief is, biblical or not biblical, it is starting. It's beginning. And um, um, Derek, just, can you hear me? Hello? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that young man that was just talking about the video with the two guys talking, where can you find that video? Can he? On, on YouTube, ma'am. And what, and, and what words would I put in? Um, I apologize. I, I don't really, I can't remember. I guess it would be um, Gang Stalker Confesses. Okay. Or... Um, yeah, I've seen, I've seen that video that he's talking about, and I think it is something like that. Okay, so I can I can put just put in like confesses gang stalking or something like that. Yeah, I would put in uh, gang stalker confesses. Try that first. The old one used to be in democracynow.com, and then type in confessions of the stalkers. Okay, all right. I'm going to do that, too. And then Derek also wanted to say, when you all were getting together, the uh, you're going to do a, um, um, a like a psychiatric pact um, to, to like carry on you. You said the Collot, the Kolodny letter, uh, the best uh-huh. letter, FFCHS is developing a letter. And then I was thinking about, do you remember a long time ago, that psychiatrist, I think her name was Dr. Carol Smith? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. She did a thing where she wrote about um, um, the misdiagnosis of uh, targeted right. individuals. I, I, that would also be excellent to add um, to the uh, to the package. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, Dr. Carol Smith. Carol, Carol Smith. Uh, yeah, she she wrote. Um, she wrote a letter, a paper about this, and uh, hers is like 14 pages or something. Uh, I, I located the letter from Dr. Collinson. It's about four pages. And um, so it's it's readable for somebody that's a professional. Um, with uh, It's very busy or something. Um, and Dr. Uh, Dr. Carol Smith's uh, paper is also um, it's something that they can look at as a refer- as reference material. Um, and yeah, this this is all very good information. Okay. All right. Thanks. Okay. What's the letter to look up? Um, it's uh, a letter by uh, Dr. Carol Smith. She's a, I think she's a psychiatrist, I believe, and she wrote a paper um, years ago about um, how psychiatry should redefine how they diagnose people uh, Uh based upon the uh, proliferation of non-lethal weapons. How would I find her online? Um, I don't know if she is online, but I do have the document. If you have an email address, I can send it. I'll give you my email address, um, or you can just text it to me. Because we've got to be on top of it now. Homeland Security and FEMA, they're closing in. 15th is D-Day, 15th of July, and it's what no What are they going to do on the 15th? Huh? 
What are they going to do on the 15th? Operation Helm stuff. This is this is real. I have verified it with my senator. I verified it with a special forces marine who I deployed with them on a regular basis for 20 years or just short of 20 years. Um, he got just got out. Uh, he said, "I'm not going to go innocent, go arresting innocent civilians. It's against my my you know my faith, my whatever." So. His wife worked at the bank, and that's how I knew her. And she is, they are now on their way to the East Coast. They're getting as far away as they can, because the whole Southwest Corridor, is our, it's already begun. Um, Russian soldiers right now are practicing with our American soldiers in Colorado. Um, they have not closed the Japanese internment camps down there. They've been using them. I didn't even know that we had Japanese internment camps anymore. But they have been using those strategically to put whistleblowers like myself and others, uh, shut them up. Um, so I'm not going to stop, though. Um, I, as long as I have a breath in me, it's for others. It's not for me. You know, God put me on this earth for whatever reason. And to be a warrior in every way, um, to give him the credit and to commune with others, to to put their welfare above my own. And that has been the best thing that could have ever happened to me in my life. Suffering. Huh? If they could knock on your door, what would you do? I probably wouldn't answer it. I, most of the time I don't. Unless I know, I, I tell people that. I said I'm not going to answer the door unless I know, um, you know, then, you call me before and you're coming. But can they knock at the door? Can they knock at the door? Can they legally knock your door open? No. Ma'am, thank you for that information on the Jade Helm. I've seen some some of the stuff a little bit on it here and there, and I really haven't uh, sunk into it. But uh, well, Northern California, where I used to live, is exempt um, because. There are all the Wiccans there and all the political figures, which I don't even know how Jerry Brown got back into office. When I was there, he was kicked out. How he got put in there a second time is beyond belief um, that he's governor and he's driving the, the evil machine, so to speak. And so Southern California, Texas, and Utah... Uh, they said are going to be considered hostile states and we're going to treat them as such. So I'm thinking, what do we have that we are hostile about? Okay, Utah, they have all kinds of money. Uh, they're Mormons. They have, you know, basically their own city, their own wall, their own security system, um, their own police department. Um, Texas, the same thing. They have lots of money, um, lots of uh, Christian organizations. California, Mega churches, San Diego Rock Church, Saddleback Church, all the campuses. Uh, there's a lot of money, a lot of money. So when there's money and power and wealth, that's a threat. And they will take out the threat. Whatever they have to do to do that. Well, let, can, can, yo, can okay, I jump in here, um, Derek? Um, yeah, I just want to tell you that I, I did receive those uh, documents. Mm-hmm. Uh, your emails, they finally did arrive. Uh, 5150 constructive notice, invitation to edit. Okay. Um, oh, okay. You, 
you're you're making it a Google Doc. Is that what you're saying? I have made it a Google Doc and I've shared it with you so you can edit it. And basically, other people can do that too if they send you the their email. Now you can just share that with them and they can edit it on their computer, whatever the way it fits them. Yeah, definitely put it on a flash drive. But it make it personal, okay. you know. But uh, also, I wanted to about the Jade Helm thing. So, you know, there's this thing called escheats. It's actually a pronounced eschets, and uh, it's uh, the reversion of property. Or yeah, eminent um, domain. They're going to take away property, yeah. and they are already doing it. Yeah, it's so a huge, a huge issue. Uh, and uh, it's my my you know um, opinion that. Uh, this has been going on for a really long time with escheats, and just no one's caught on to it. And it's the—it's basically just the liquidating, you know, of the estates. And uh, so, be very aware that well, you can you can that. get a will out right now, you guys. If you can go and do a will, it's I would suggest going yeah. and doing that. I did that a long time ago. Um, but what uh, what Japan and China has been talking about since. They did this treaty, the TTIP fast track uh, treaty that they forced our senators to sign, um, basically um, limiting our rights. And then uh, the money, I don't know if you've seen the dollar bill, it's not the dollar bill anymore, it's a coin, it's a gold coin the size of a quarter. Um, so that's the right now the churning of going to fully automated plastic where we think we've seen hacks. You know, with banks and stuff now, it's only going to get worse. But the government has planned this for a long time. And the powers that be behind the president have planned this for a long time. Taking, you know, down the Federal Reserve and what's happening to Greece is going to affect us, whether we think it's not or, or it is. Um, you know, Europe is a mess, um, worse than we are in a lot of ways. Um, but we don't have much of a leg to stand on. So right now, the, with the treaty, we're combined uh, with Mexico. So when you call your phone provider, you'll probably get someone in Mexico, South America, or Colombia. Uh, we're now um, training illegals to come over here and take over U.S. jobs. And those U.S. workers are having to train these illegals and losing jobs. I got this directly from a nurse, 20-year nurse, and she had told me about this, and I could not believe, and she's part of a union. She said, I'm afraid for my life. I'm afraid for my job. They're going to take away generics. You won't be able to get generics. You're going to be paying 1000 bucks a pill. Uh, my mom, elderly, she can't afford that. Um, you know, what, what's coming is biblical in, in my mind. Um, it's biblical and it's a, a slap in the face to humanity, you know, um, whether you uh, believe in, you know, I believe in all different things. It's, it's not just one religion. I, you know, there's a lot of good things in the Buddhism teachings. There's a lot of good things in, um, you know, American Indians. And, you know, if you believe in something higher than yourself, you know that we are spirit. We are just flesh and blood. We're just a shell, but we are a spirit. And what we do with that spirit 
I think we should get off the Bible talk tonight because we were on writing guidelines for mental wars. We I know, but there. All of us, everybody and has a spirit. Even American Indians always had it's tribal dances talking about spirit. Everybody has Please don't do that. We waste it's a lot of time. It's not about religion. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about spirit. What your intentions are Get off. to help someone else. No, we talked about it's mental It's not violence. about religion. It's not about religion. No. You are not going to do that tonight. Please don't. We were talking about writing mental guidelines for mental wars. We're still helping people. Okay. Yes. Derek, Derek, what would you write in the guidelines now if you were writing them? Could you tell us? I think you have in that. I just wanted to say I understand, ma'am, what you were talking about with the, the different religions and so forth. Yeah, I, I feel privileged to have a friends of all religions. I, I'm a privilege. I was hoping we would write the guidelines before we hung up tonight. Um, I was going to ask uh, uh, Derek, I was going to ask you if um, uh, I've, I've had trouble with my email for quite a while, but I got a, I, on the Facebook, and um, I was wondering maybe if you could, is it possible you might could send me some information on that for, uh, in, on my Facebook? I don't have a Facebook, LinkedIn, none of those. I don't do social media whatsoever because that's suicide, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, myself in that situation. I've seen what happened to others. Um, I think it was a challenge. It was it was not good. So I I don't I do email, but I will not do chat rooms at all. Oh, you guys! I just found something cool, and that is that the doctor, see, the police officers have to apply to get for the voluntary de- for the involuntary detention and if the doctors approve they take you in so definitely want to get the doctor's name so you can have him liable if he takes you in unlawfully he's the one you're going to charge the money to all right that's all i wanted to say that's actually found at uh section 6000 through 6008 of the welfare and institution code for California, where it stays. Okay, uh, this, this is, hi, everybody. This is Corey. I'm going to have a call Bert, after this. Can we have that law number game before you go? Uh, I'm going to have the call after this. So um, if anybody wants to come over that doesn't know the call number, it's actually going to be at 132349. 123349? No, one three two three four nine. Okay, great. Thanks. Did everybody get that? I'll say it one more time. Having having a call tonight after this. Uh one three two three four nine. It's six thousand through six thousand eight of the welfare and institutions code. Six thousand through six thousand eight. The California law. 
It is California law, though, yeah. All right. The, uh, the illegal one they use in Virginia is 1942, 167, uh, 169, 123, but it's called the Chapter on Insanity and the Evaluation of Insanity, and it's written for criminal, terrible convicts, and they use it illegally on people all the time. So I'm doing it. We're doing is suing the guy they hired to write the false event in a hope and pray we can get his license taken away. And one other comment I've been meaning to say if people want to get their own good, free, maybe free evaluation done because it costs so much, in the state of Virginia, a Doctor of Divinity, a minister, a Doctor of Divinity is accepted as a mental evaluator. So if you get your minister to write you a good mental report, then you can put that in your pocket and use it. Really? Accepted by law. A minister? A minister. I did. I think I'm right on this now. Somebody else look it up. But I researched it one time and I called to talk the licensing board, and I said, who is qualified to write an evaluation on people for the court system and the medical system? And one of the ones she, of course, she said a doctor of psychiatry, a doctor of psychology, a Ph.D., doctor of Ph.D. of psychology, and this guy they use has got a capital P S Y period a small D. I don't know what that means, but I think it means just the PhD in psychology. And then a doctor of divinity, I think, was on that list. But check it and verify it, and people might be able to get good free evaluations from your minister. Well, I'm, I'm working on right now getting character letters from everybody I've worked with professionally or have known me for 10 or 20 years. So I think um, establish, establishing good things um, on your reputation helps a lot. Volunteering in your community at the animal shelter or, you know, Anything that, that can put you in a good light, that, I think, helps your cause. But a lot of those things are not acceptable in court. A lot of them are not acceptable in mental medical wards. That's the thing you have to find out what you're going to say. Some of it I can't find and get together yet. Um, I thought in the state. It said, I had read, I thought I had read this before, that you were required, I know this happened to Connie in Kentucky, to get a proper evaluation, they have to do four interviews and four tests. And there are certain different kinds of tests. And those then are given to the state psychiatrist, and she reads them and evaluates what they say. Now, I think that's true in Virginia, but they're not doing it. So the courts are illegally ignoring what's written in the law. But I can't find a copy of that here. Maybe somebody can find it in their own state. 
But uh, thanks for that uh, doctor name info. I was going to ask, does anybody listening in tonight uh, do the Facebook? I guess I'm uh, the only I, one. I okay. Well, no, I do Facebook, and, you know, I think I'll, I'm already a Facebook friend, if you're what I believe. Uh, um, no, no, I put in a request for you. Um, that was in the past. Uh, the only the only uh, problem that I was having is like I've you know met some TIs on the uh, well, not even really met them, but you know so called being friends with them, but um, they don't really you know I haven't uh, really been able to to talk with them. I you know I, I I write them and but I don't hear anything. You know they don't get back to me and so you know I figure. While I was, you know, listening in tonight, that if there was anyone, you know, that uh, I'd like to have some association with, uh, you know, other TIs, and even better ones that, you know, listen in, like what we're doing right now. You have to be okay. so careful what you put online. Okay, is this uh, is this Billy? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Well, I don't remember you sending me a, a friend request. It's been um, quite a while. Probably got busy. Okay. And okay well, you. Oh, yeah. yeah, I might not have recognized who you. Who it was, Billy. It's, that's probably it. My name, my 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 Facebook is my Facebook thing is William Refugio well, Refugio Womack, and then it says Billy. You know, in parentheses afterwards. So oh, anyone? Okay, okay, okay. Seems like that. Yeah, seems like I did see that. Now that you mention it. Okay, we'll have to. Um, I have to see who that. We'll see. Uh, sometimes I I may not reply if I don't know who the person is because. Yeah. Um, I like to have. I like to keep a certain number of, of Facebook friends. That way I can, you know, uh, be in more contact. If I have like thousands of friends, then, um, then I don't know who all those people are. I don't so, have any. <laughs> so, um, yeah, absolutely. Hey, um, Derek, I didn't get to finish what I was saying earlier. Um, I think there was a misunderstanding about the radio station. What I wasn't thinking that um, that they wanted to, you were going to have to keep calling, you know, Pete's and Tilly every single time. I thought that after the first two or three of hospitals having total press surrounding them, once they had, um, you know, taken in one of our people, that they wouldn't want to mess with their people anymore. Like the word would go out, like, all right, you know, get somebody else, but leave them, you know, anybody that has to do with their group, leave them the hell alone. You know what I'm saying? Because we would make it just outrageous. Like it would be, no, this is the hospital. That's the doctor, you know, and, and they would just be put on the spotlight. Do you see what I mean? No, not really. Well, if if one of your people's taken in, and Pete and Tilly gets a whole bunch of people to surround the hospital, and you know surround even have the hospital, what are you talking about? He has a radio show. He can get his people over there, and if he has some, um, if we have any other connections, 
you know, let's say for whatever reason, you know, uh, somebody else jumped on board with it, then they, we would actually make a big protest, and it would be all put Cops on the radio. Blocks, but for the that, hospital. That they're the hospital that's doing it, and that's the doctor that took them in, and and they wouldn't want to be shining the light on, so they would probably let them go and not deal with us again. Don't you get it? Yeah, he's talking about involuntary detention block. Well, that's a good idea. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it, uh, well, I'm not sure whether he would do it and whether you get the GIs to come out and, and do something like that. But, um, well, I, I wouldn't mind it if there was... Now, there, there are some that have been entrenched, and I could see it being um, utilized in those situations. But for somebody that's just um, been captured... Um, in most instances, they're released pretty soon. Um, usually, it's after or sometime during the seven the seventy two hour hold. And um, in most instances, they're released during that time. If it goes beyond that, if it goes into weeks or months, and they become entrenched or something, then I could see, you know, bringing in Pete Santilli and. Uh, and doing a whole big circus thing. No, but okay. Let's just take a. Let's just make it more descriptive. Let's say, for instance, I'm just making this up, that you had a channel, for whatever reason, Derek, you had your own TV program, and then you put the hospital on TV. They definitely wouldn't like it. Okay. Well, you don't have that yet, but you have a radio. So that's the best you can do. But guarantee nobody's going to want, oh, this is Dr. Lee, the one that took in this totally sane person. And now we're talking to Mr. Lee, and he knows that it's part of a directed energy weapon program. And, and just making the guy the biggest, you would ruin, you know, you could ruin the guy's career. Well, I don't know if it would ruin their career, but uh, they might not like the publicity. Um, That's the goal. No. It's not the goal to ruin their career. It, it, it's the goal to free the individual man or woman or child. Well, it's both because yeah. the thing is, is if nobody, okay, when somebody's playing hardball with people, they don't understand begging and pleading and saying, please don't take us into them. The only way to understand is if they get burned real bad. So that's what I'm talking about. If the hospital got burned so bad that they couldn't recover from it, that nobody wanted to go there, that the hot, the doctors there were, you know, indicted and everybody was, they were all over the news and it was tweeted around the whole world. They might yeah, it would their have to be, yeah, it would have to be something to where, you know, not just a, um, not just an internet radio program. It would have to be like they were on the like um, the local news or something. And then uh, if if they got that kind of publicity, they would probably release the person immediately. And they um, also probably not... wouldn't mess around with your people anymore. If you could make it happen like clockwork, like any time they grab one of your people, all they have to do is make a couple phone calls, and all of a sudden you're on it. They would They would probably make a thing. Hey, you know what? Just don't. If the people are involved with Derek's group, leave them alone. We don't want that. Please. Yeah, the thing is, uh, the the local news would probably, the way things are now, would side with the hospital. 
Uh, that's the only thing about that. However, uh, Pete Sanchilli with his audience, I mean, they would they would side with us. But if you got the news there, um, it might be a different story. Well, what's to stop us from getting our own TV or, or uh, you know, minor uh, radio show or something? If if everybody, yeah, um, that's not something they the hospital is likely to be afraid of. Probably. Um, what they would be afraid of is what happened with, um, in a few instances, uh, when they were there was a threat of a lawsuit. That that's something they're scared of. Right. So send the notice to people ahead of time that you're going to charge them money and that you don't consent to being forcibly, uh, you know, whatever injected. And then if they do it, you have a claim. Okay. And then you have the a lawsuit. But it's going to have to be done on the individual level, and I think what you're saying is great. It's it maybe in the long run, or even even if you get some people that are into it right now with the resources. Um, but attack att- attacking the the incident in that the heat of the moment is uh, probably going to be a rarity. It's going to be very. The other thing, the other thing is I encourage you anybody is if you ever get grabbed and they charge you a bunch of money, don't pay the bill at all. Zero. Because then at the end, when they don't collect the money, they're going to be less likely to take you again. Because they, they're they holding you for ransom and they want to squeeze money out of you and you if you don't pay, they're not incentivized to take you back. Oh, great. Now, that's that's why we're going to have to charge them in response to what they're, what, what they're saying. So I got you. That's a good point, guy. Okay. And don't get Obamacare. Don't get Obamacare. And if you have it, boycott it and get out of it. Sorry. I want to talk about the this not looking like a TI in front of the police and 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 actually. You know what? You said not get, don't get Obamacare, so that's going to force basically people with Obamacare, right, are going to be in the hospital if they have if they're if they're getting the benefit. You're saying people getting benefits uh, have no choice but to be involuntarily detained. Well, no, I'm saying that. Okay, say the whole thing is based on human trafficking. You're no longer, you know, they don't consider you a person. It's just like you're. You're born to pay them tax money, and now what else can they squeeze out of you? And to somebody like, you know, the Bilderbergs, maybe that's all you are. So um, if you have Obamacare, if you have Obamacare, then, you know, they could, who knows what kind of, uh, they're taking control. Once you go in the hospital, they're taking control over you. Mm Mm-hmm. And don't don't be blinded to the eugenics program. Mm-hmm. They're committing crime, actually, and and actually, I'm always in control of my thoughts and feelings. They're committing crimes. Yeah, and, but uh, it's gonna... and it's not. They're not in control of me. I'm in total control of myself when I'm in there, and that's why people we're going to maintain control of ourselves and look right. good when they try to nab us. No, no, no. Because once you're in, uh, just like if you're in a an environment where there's enough people that are against you, who knows what, you know, they could say, would you like a sandwich? And they could put a drug in there. You don't know what they're going to do. You don't know what they're going to do to the water. You don't know what they're going to do to the medicine. 
You don't know what the medicine actually does to you. I mean, so it's, you know, it's literally like going to a Halloween house and just going, sure, you know, I know you put razor blades in apples last year, but I'll take Have you done that? Have you been there? Where? To the hospital for psych evaluation. Oh. No, but I'm just, I'm warning you not to go to any hospital like that. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. Appreciate the warning. But maybe some people will come onto your call and you guys can talk about it then. Not trying to be rude. I just, I just want to try to stay focused. Yeah, we gotta attack this legally, emotionally, uh, financially. That's how we get him. That's how we win. And politically. We're not getting anything. We're not. We're not trying to get anyone. You know, we're not. We're really not trying to get anyone, right? I mean, come on. We need to maintain composure. We're trying to defend ourselves. We're just that's all we're doing. Well, it's a lot, it's really, yeah, well, here's what, it, yeah, I guess you could call it defending ourselves. What do you think, Derek? Do we have to defend ourselves against uh, against that, or do we have to, what's up? Is it a defense? Uh, Am I defending myself? Jane? Are you talking about Jane, Jane Helm? <clears throat> well, that is no. Obamacare. When Obamacare okay, came uh, in, now they have control over everything. Okay, I'm sorry, I was, I was, uh, um, you know, I'm sorry, what were you talking about? Yeah, I was in the same boat. I was going to ask you if you were trying to, if if we, instead of taking the position that we are uh, defending ourselves, should we be doing something something else? Or do, how do you feel about going in there under on the on the defense rather than than you know going in there and uh, on the offense? Okay, are you talking about uh, in the hospital? Yeah, if they if they nab me or someone and they want to go, oh. You didn't get your eval yet, and they take. So, and do you should should we start defending ourselves, like verb orally, you know, and, or or should we be like, hmm, how you know how should we do a def, a defensive or an offensive position with our with our dialogue? Well, it depends on what that entails. The offense offensive. Um, the, de- the defense is being aware. That's all I talk about. Well, yeah, I'm not sure what you, okay, I'm not sure what kind of offensive measures that uh we can do. Um uh well unless you're talking about uh a lawsuit, now that would be very offensive you know, that would be very well, offensive. I, Mike, my, my and, concern uh, is is that the people listening are um not really gonna be with the ability to not to stay calm. And that's I'm hoping to, yeah, like that. If they can stay calm, and then there's no need to be. You can be, I suppose, defensive and 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 thinking at the same time. But what if you know? If you're, yeah, I don't steer away from being all defensive in that because then you're like you're arguing in a way, you know. Okay, the the important thing to understand is that when anything's presented to you, it's presented like they're just trying to help you. They're not going to say, we're going to give you this to hurt you. They're going to say, no, this is what the doc, this will help you. Everything will help you. So watch out for that. So, what, yeah, the well, counterclaim is the best. Things, there are some things that we can tell people as far as uh, behavior, you know, to be cooperative, uh, keep, a, keep a low profile. Exactly. Um, those types of things would uh, weigh heavily in terms of uh, they're even wanting to medicate you. Right. 
Um, and uh, a lot of times they don't really, that's not an issue. It just depends on the person. And how, if they're insistent on uh, trying to convert the hospital, uh, some people are. Uh, I try to talk them out of a lot of um, them trying to convince the hospital of the targeting because it just uh, winds up um, increasing their stay and then making them want to medicate them. So I do try to discourage a lot of that kind of conversation and just kind of be cooperative and don't say much about your targeting and, you know, the quicker they'll be released. Right. Yeah, I just had a brief opinion on that, if I may say, and that is that I think anyone who tries to convince a whole group of people or a system of something you know, whether it's related to them or not, that can be considered grandiose or, you know, behavior that, you well, know, yeah, what I, mean, I, that, I, I get that a lot. And actually, I was just talking to a guy last week who he wanted me to send him all these documents. And he was going to, um, you know, educate the nurses and doctors about this. I said, no, 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 don't do that. And I tried to discourage him from... Um, from that approach, but it, because it would just keep them keep them there longer. Uh, and he he wasn't in the U.S., but it's a it's a very similar protocol here. And it, it winds up. And I know um, uh, another instance where uh, Ti was trying to do that, and she was very stubborn, and she ended up being in the hospital there for three months. If they could diagnose her as obsessive compulsive or something, or anyone who tried to convince well, her. They, yeah. Well, they finally, they finally did release her, and that is, that's only because the TI community in her area rallied to her defense, and they, they started to work with the hospital, and eventually they consented to release her. Uh, even yeah, it, it might be good for the long term, but, you know, for the short, I, that's a difficult And, thing. you know, even though that she got that kind of uh, support from the community and cooperation from the hospital staff, they eventually released her and everything, but she was still uh, ordered to come back. And uh, I think it was like every week for a period of time and get shots. She got uh, shots even after she left the hospital. And she insisted on going back. I was like, you don't have to go back, you know. Mm-hmm. They released you, you know. But anyway, she said, oh, I've got to go back. I've got to go back. She was Chinese. And, um, and you know, so they don't really know how to work the system and whatever. But uh, So she went back and uh, got all those shots, and she was a zombie. And um, she was like in a brain fog for months afterwards. I didn't know if she would recover. But uh, she finally did. But I was, you know, she really, um, because of her insistence on trying to uh, educate the doctors, they ins- they made her, you know, take all this medicine. Jared says a new book out. Everybody might want to read. It's called Shrinks, Shrinks, and it's the untold story of psychiatry. A little complicated, but it's quite a good book by Dr. Lieberman. It's been out about a month or two. It's excellent. Okay. Um, we have to, I mean, we have to approach 
this uh, situation with a bit of strategy, and uh, and each situation is a little bit different, but eventually we will have that um, will work in most most cases. So um, thank you, thanks Donaldson for uh, you know for helping with this and some of the others that will be coming to help because this is an area that's much needed. And uh, uh, we did have a legal committee uh, a while back and uh, and they were they were supposed to start working with that but they got torpedoed when uh, Susan Wat well that happened with Susan Watkins. Uh, was it last, last year or the year before? Um, so, you know, when that happened, uh, the uh, legal committee kind of expanded. But um, but this is something that needs to, uh, definitely needs to be worked on. May I make a suggestion to you? Would you put in your newsletter and on your website and everywhere and everything immediately a number or two in your name and maybe another person's name that if someone gets put in a mental ward, they can call immediately and ask for your help or ask for the medical committee's help. Oh, yeah, that, that's the point of all this, so that there'll be a contact person uh, in the event. That, and see, people do this all the time. You know, as soon as someone gets snatched up, I you know, I usually hear about it, and there are frantic calls and emails from the community. So uh, we just really need to develop a response for all that. That's a lot to take in. Well, that Mike in Pittsburgh who spoke on the Florida group telephone think might volunteer to help people liberate. He seemed interested in that he would. And he was the one who filed the heaviest offer to the person in Florida. You know him? No. What's the name again? Mike somebody. He gave his full name and telephone number. He's not an attorney, but he's done it for years, and he's excellent. And he, Are you talking about Fred Banks? Mike Banks. Babe, yes. Fred Banks. Well, yeah, he was the one that was instrumental in uh, Sheila's case. Yes. Uh, and he, um, I think he filed a lawsuit uh, on her behalf. Uh, I've, um, I've not heard about the disposition of the case, but it was something that um, that made her get released, probably. I mean, as soon as he, uh, he tried to call and talk to the hospital, but then as soon as he filed the suit, they became aware of, aware of it. She was immediately released. So. Um, he said he that filed habeas corpus for and was heard in the courts. Okay, well, I'm not sure what it was in the file, but, you know, anytime we talk about litigation, the hospitals drop the person like hot potato. So that has worked in the past. Do you think it would work if we approach some of the law schools to, that are doing pro bono work? Um, I don't know. You know why lawsuits work? Is because the government cannot be sued. 
it's these these men and women that can actually be sued. These people aren't even they're posing as government, man. They, they're like in right, between. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, basically that is a, that is a tactic that is um, a lot easier than trying to take on the government. If you can take on a hospital, take on an individual, it's much a much easier target. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know we've we've had uh, a few examples of that uh, with Kathleen Watterson trying to take on somebody that she feels is a perp in her neighborhood that was targeting her. I don't know if he was or not, um, but you know that was that was the uh, the object of her um, of her restraining order. This person that lives near her. So um, she didn't win her suit. And uh, but that's that's a long story of why she didn't win. But um, but the point I'm making here is um, that's an example of somebody that instead of trying to take on the U.S. government, is taking on a perp. Um, and I think that's a much easier, much better route. If you if you want to go to litigation, if you want to file a lawsuit, if you can identify the person, you'll be much better off. You know, there should be a lawsuit uh, based on the fact that um, for all these years that, you know, Joe and yourself had a, and Karen had a line open, and they're supposedly listening in to the conversations that they can't, uh, they don't stop anybody's targeting. So that means they have full knowledge of that it's going on, and they have no intention of stopping it. And with all the complaints on all the lines of how many people have said, no, they won't help me. I went to this agency and they wouldn't help me. And if you have recordings of all that stuff, that alone should be proof that they're in on it. Well, that's I not, totally that's not missed that because of the fireworks. What? You what? I missed it because of the fireworks. Oh, well, it's just that, well, you can repeat it for me. Okay. What I'm saying is Karen, Joe, and Derek, at the very least, have had their lines open um, for the chat room. And if you take all those phone calls put together, and if the feds are supposedly listening in on those phone calls, and yet not one person's targeting has stopped, that means they're aware of it, they know what's going on, and they're they're not, in other words, if they were, just say they were legitimate, then they would go, oh my God, this, you know, people are getting tortured here, uh, let's go right over to this address and put a stop to it, let's go to this bunker and put a stop to it. No, they aren't. They're allowing it to go on for years and years after people are getting burned and tortured and crying every single night. So that, that's the that's point. The Patriot Act was was voted um, against, but they're still doing it, co- covertly doing it and getting away with it. Okay, well, that doesn't, that doesn't prove anything, though, Corey. Right. Because so, Mainly because... That's not proof of who is listening. We don't know who's listening. Right, right. 
what we have to do is is really dig in to the Constitution because every single right on there that was given to us by our forefathers is now amended and really doesn't exist. It's not worth a piece of paper it's written on. So now we have to figure out how to work with people of influence, whether they're lobbyists or whether they're, you know, someone in the community is well known or they're running for office. Um, I'm just trying to brainstorm, thinking, you know, that's a big thing that we knew was going to happen, but I didn't think it would happen this quick, this fast. Every single constitutional right would be gray area. Well, if you came on this line and you started saying, you know, I robbed Bank of America last week or I robbed Jerry Brown's house last week, I'm sure they would I'm sure they would figure it out and say, Oh yeah, well we you know, they would use that info. If they knew yeah. nothing else, they would figure it out based on that you did it. Based you on this line. You can use telephone calls in court. Hey, huh? The- can I use telephone calls in court? Unless you got a written video and identify the person and prove that that was the voice of the person. And I don't think you can do that. I don't think it's acceptable in court. Okay, well, and now they're, they're on, this, on the verge now, Japan. Um, I don't know if anybody's seen this show, which is really scary, called Human off track. on Sunday night um, oh. about robotics in that uh, eliminating us and putting the machines, the robots. Okay, we're still wasting time right here, right now. I'm so sorry about being a butthead. It's about constitutional. But this is not, I want to, I want to read to you from, directly from the statute about how to hold someone accountable for their actions on snatching someone and putting them in the hospital. And you want to talk about robots in the future, possibly? Okay. No, uh, this is this is right also, now. Is, this is happening. What is it that you want to? Uh, what is it? What information do you want to share? It's it's the it's Part B, fifty one fifty, of the Health and Safety, you know, Health and Welfare Code, and it, it's. I was just wanting to say that I gave out the wrong statute earlier. You know, uh, six thousand was for uh, voluntary. This is the involuntary. And it just says the professional person in charge of a facility is designated by the county for evaluation and treatment um, shall assess the person to determine whether he or she can be properly served without being detained. So that person's name would be important to include in your notice letter to the mayor or whoever it is that you're sending it to, find out also who is that designated person at the hospital and put include their name in your notice. That way, you you know, you let them know that, hey, this person right here will be liable for this amount, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, provi- and also possible, possible maybe violating uh, public law or whatever, you know. Well, you don't have my- to name the law. My the point I'm trying to make to you was, is, yeah, just include and get that name. Can you post that again? Can you post that on the chat site, that statute? Yeah, what's the yeah. statute? Yeah, it's, 50, it's 5150. I'm going to post it right now. Okay, thank you. Of the Health and, health and Welfare Health and Welfare. Code. Yeah. Code. There we go. Yeah, just, 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 just
Please stop that. Please push star six. Thank you. Sorry, there's a bunch of Chinese people. <laughs> I'm in Chinatown. <laughs> that sounds Chinatown, fun. where? Where? They do it all uh, San Francisco. That would be fun. Okay. Well, you know, it is. It's cool to sit in here, but the uh, yeah, man, it's. It, it, I, I bet wow. they get annoyed by me. I'm on the phone all the time in here with these conference calls. I love calls. the parades and the dragons. And... Okay, fifty-one fifty, the health and welfare code. It's correct. Fifty-one fifty, health, health, uh, welfare. Hold on a second. And that's California. Uh, welfare, wel- welfare and institutions code, section fifty-one fifty, and I'm only quoting that. Not to not to come to use that as a defense. Don't go, uh-huh. you know. But 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 instead, yeah, just find out that person's name, the designated individual in charge of assessing, you know, because he it says straight in there that he can determine whether or not the person needs uh, services without being detained. And if they choose to detain you anyways, then then that's a that's a you know a criminal act, right? What, what's the real reason? What's the reason? If I'm if I'm calm, there's not That's you don't have a question. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll give you some reason. They told number me they had to give me five dollars. Number one is if you had gun rights and they could take them away by keeping you there and pretending something was wrong with you and then by the time they let you out they'd say you're a danger to other people, then you wouldn't be able to get a gun. So that's that's number one. Right, numbers. Well, uh, that sure that could be a reason. When does it get to that point, though? I mean, like, well, when you, you don't, haven't they're, they're been, you haven't been, you haven't been committed, but you were assessed. You know well, what I'm saying? Where, where does that line, where's that line drawn? Who determines look, if you're if you're a, a danger to yourself or not? Yeah. Who, okay, who guys, determines that? Guys, guys, let me, let me explain something to you. Okay. The whole point. Sandy Hook was to take away your guns. The whole that point that Hillary Clinton is getting up there right now all the time and saying, but, you know, we have to talk about mentally ill people and we got to talk <laughs> about gun control. She wants you to be mentally she ill. Should, she should check herself in. Who has the right she, when they come she, to your door to decide if you're a danger to yourself or others? That With gun rights are, is one thing. That's yeah. fine. That's a whole political Perception. issue. For now, exactly. who, has, who has the right to determine that you're a danger to yourself or others? Where does that come in? I'm reading the code. I'm wondering it if it's it, not just one person I'm thinking. No, well, it is. It who says can a just pick you up? person in charge. So it is mean, one individual. Police. It could be the ambulance company. No, no, it could be, of the it could be the doctor. designated by the county. The facility designated by the county oh. is the... Is, the person they in there? charge of the facility, so okay. that would be like the, the dean of the whole place. But are they there when they're picking you up? Uh, Who's doing the yeah, they're picking you up to go get you? They're making that judgment call when you've well, done nothing the, wrong? No, no, no. You guys got to understand something. They didn't make it. Uh, they already made it. They're looking for people to be mentally ill, whether they're not or not. They're just looking. Okay, you're not playing against them. You're playing against mm-hmm. the public, Okay. 
the public allows is brainwashed to think they're mentally ill people around running around scaring everybody with guns because mm-hmm. the media is telling them so and because yeah. the politicians okay. are telling them so. But so they're, you're... what they're doing is, Jeez. please let me finish the sentence. Well, yeah, but, okay. What they're doing is, is they're looking for people already and they're fitting regular people into the mold that they can snatch them off the street. They're making an excuse to do it, that's all. And then right. once they got you, they take away your gun and then yeah. they also... Uh, they take property and they take your to, They're going to figure out a way to milk you because gonna, you're going to have to pay for being in there in the first place. So they're win, win, win. And then if you're really... If they can keep you in there long enough, maybe they can keep get your property. It's a robbery. They do get your okay. property. Okay. I just I get your property. Okay. We can, that can we can go into politics until the cows come home. It's not but who politics. has the I don't know how anybody. How does a cop come to your door and determine that you are? Or you're on the road. Because they're a right. cover for their organized crime, and they're a cover. You, everybody believes that they're legitimate. They never are legitimate. They never were. Oh, what you laws, guys. What laws <laughs> give them the right? Is there a law? Is there a code that says there's a cop can come to your door and, and take you? There is a law yeah. in each state that says that an ambulance or policeman may come to your house and take you if they have an order from a judge or if they have an order from a magistrate. In this state, I... So just a phone call from somebody who says something's wrong with you, just a phone call, it's not enough. They do it all the time to TIs. I've had it done to me by drunks that live next door. And they called, and somebody went and got what from a judge, an order or something? They called the social worker, and the social worker came out and falsified a report. Now I met the social worker and made friends with him, and I said, James Taylor, you will remove those files. And he said, I can't remove them. They have already put them in the police department. And I said, you falsified them by that horrible drunk that lives next door with. Ford children and then got fired and all kicked out and all sorts of things. I said, you are a scumbag. So they're paying the social workers to write the reports and put them in the police files. And when they get enough, the sheriff or magistrate or judge can write an order that you be picked up and taken in and evaluated. Okay, so it won't be like somebody picks up the phone next door calls and says that person is disturbed and the police show up in your door in five minutes. They will investigate it. That's what they did. They sent the social worker out with the cop and he falsified a report. And I said, you wrote a report on me for what that drunk said? You must be crazy yourself. The man and the social worker and I eventually became friends, and but he didn't remove anything. He was doing it for the police department. Yeah, I've seen in the newspaper, I checked that the blotter, and it's it's a joke, some of the stuff that I see in there on the sheriff blotter. Welfare check, uh, drunk and disorderly, um, it, all kinds of weird things, drunk in public. <laughs> yes, they do it. That's so bad. But by well, law, no ambulance can pick you up. No cop is supposed to pick you up unless they have an order from a judge or a magistrate and maybe a sheriff. 
Yeah, but I think everything is, now that they're being able to get away with so much, they're getting Objective. more blaze. They're getting more bla- brazen to do whatever yeah. they want. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, the thing is, they've always gotten away with what they wanted to do. Uh, mm-hmm. The thing is, uh, what we're going to, with the committee, uh, with Dalton and some of the others, we're going to start to um, address some of these atrocities and um, directly and uh, see if we can develop some things to help the community. So anyway, that's what we're going to do, and uh, that's the direction we're going in with this particular issue. Derek, what about ACLU? Have they been any help? Of course not. Yeah, I guess they're too busy. When you as say, a, a, when you say of course not, what do you know about them? Do you, are, they some, are they just pretending to be help and they're not? They're not yeah, even pretending to help. The ACLU? They've never yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about it, so... What? The, the uh, ACLU, uh, just about everyone who's been to the ACLU seeking help, none of them have been helped. Not a single one. It's sad. So what's the real purpose about the ACLU? Well, in our issues, we are pretty much it. We have to, de- we have to decide our course and direction, and we have to work yeah. with ourselves, pretty much. Right. We have right. to develop ourselves. And uh, we can't look to anyone else, and we have to do it ourselves. We're going to have to stand up, you know, and do whatever it is to free ourselves. You know, as simple as that. The ACLU is not going to help, and none of the others will. Cruel and unusual punishment. Cruel and unusual punishment, and why are we the ones that get this? Well, here's one one possibility. Uh, This is Donaldson again. Uh, of course, I love talking. Um, the infant status, and and basically, you can be an infant and 18 or even older than that and still be considered an infant in their system. And that is an incompetent enemy of the state status, which basically keeps everybody bound in the courts, the local municipal court's jurisdiction. And you can find that information in Corpus Juris Secundum under infants. Um, this is kind of a topic that not a lot of people have been talking about, but there is some. There are some people who know uh, about the infant status, which is why, in my letter to you, that I just shared, I, I made those um, statements about the age of majority, because I want to rebut that infancy status. And you know, so they, you know, the issue is, hey, if if you're under their jurisdiction because you've used their name and, you know, the, with the birth date and all that stuff, you know, and it's a bylaws, subject to the bylaws of the, of the private corporation, you know, uh, then you're going to be under all of that local law, that state law stuff, unless you rebut the presumption of a trust, right? So, so going in there and just saying, hey, look, I, I, I uh, you know, in your system, do you got me in there as an infant or something? Is that, you know, I mean, but instead of even asking that, just, you know, I don't know how many of you guys are willing to do the work. I still study every day super hard. I'm not even willing to 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 do much writing right now to, to, to send letters out to people. And I got a lot of things I need to do, but... Um, but this information is for people who really want to make a move, you know what I'm saying, in that direction right now. Yeah, we have to take I'll, the legal I'll stand. Richmond's not the only one that's to do that, so keep that in mind. Um, so we have, I missed it, Derek. Uh, what? I said uh, Richmond is not the only place that is willing to do this. 
uh, keep that in mind. There's some uh, some other efforts uh, that are um, happening. Uh, but anyway, um, I can talk to you further about all that, and um, maybe I can talk to you soon about how we can develop all this. Oh, yeah, Eric. definitely hit me up when you're ready, okay? And I'll be here for you. Okay, guys, we have just about a couple of minutes till the um, talk show automatically closes, so whatever comments you have, you know, make them quickly. Eric, something real quick. You and, and Donald, please talk to me because I've typed my lawsuit to file in federal court against everybody, and I'm going to talk to you about adding people with me. I've got 80 pages typed ready to go to be filed. Okay. Um, and we'll let you know when the meeting is going to be. Can we try Monday on your call? Uh, we can talk about Monday. Yeah. Okay. What, what was the lady? What was the lady's name from um, Richmond? You talking about Amy? Uh, is that her name? She was talking about. Um, Oh, uh, she's like, that, oh, uh, there's Tomo. She's she some really good stuff on. I used to work in Oakland, so I know where Richmond is. So what did, you, what did she say? There's something you can go online to look at what all this, you know, legal well, stuff, like jargon. State laws. People need, need to become familiar with their state laws, and that's mm-hmm. that's essential. You know, so they all some, have, uh, you know, each state has its own well, uh, regulation and stuff. Is there some bullet point people? She mentioned mentioned some PhDs, doctors, books. Yeah, we mentioned some of that uh, earlier, and uh, the committee will be compiling documents. Okay, that sounds great. Okay, everybody shared some really great stuff here. That's way over my head. Excuse me, Derek. Uh, yeah. Oh, hey. They won't let uh, on Facebook. I have been totally unsuccessful, and and I have tried so hard on so much trying to get uh, videos out and information. And um, I was going to ask if there was any way. There's a video on YouTube. Uh, it's called Gang Stalking. Whatever TI should listen to. And um, if maybe if you could put that on your Facebook or send it to mine, so this way I could you know, send it out to uh, my... Do you, have, do you have the URL? Pardon me? Do you have the URL? You know, the uh, www dot whatever? Yeah, the oh, link. Do you have the link? It's, the it's link? on YouTube. It's on YouTube, and the name of it is uh, Gang Stalking, Whatever T.I. Should Listen To. Oh, okay. Well, it's... Uh, you know, all I all you need to do is type that in or um in the search and and uh on YouTube it should come up. I will. Thank you for that. Well, I'm I'm saying if no, they they're they I know how to put it on my you know, on my post but uh okay. no, it's it's completely hacked, man. They won't let me Yeah, my email's know. been hacked, that's why that's another reason and my phone was it, they don't let me accomplish nothing. They don't want me to get nothing out to, to you know. Oh, you can't share it, you mean? Yeah. 
when I, I, you know, I just want to put it on my post and then oh, to post it. Oh, I see. And, okay. And, and share it with my friends, you know, my friends list, and um, they will not let me do it. Wow. I mean, on, on my cell phone, or even if I go to, because uh, I don't have a computer, well, I do, but I don't have internet here. So uh, even if I go to the library, you know, and, and get on Facebook at the library, and put on, they still they hack in there and. Well, somebody could probably send it to your uh, Facebook page. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to ask you, if you, you know, or or you know, even if you put it on yours, and this way I could at least, you know, even if it was on yours, I could go on, you know, look at at yours and just hit share, you know, and share right. it with my friends straight from there. Either way, you know, it's still as long as it gets gets out there, because that's an excellent. That's one of the best uh, uh, videos that I've seen, you know, as far as like in, 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 in my category, uh, it, uh, you know, everybody's got, you know, different situations and stuff. And that's probably the best video. It's actually, uh, I think she's a, at, on a, at a radio station, you know, so you really just listen to it. It shows pictures of, uh, various TIs, but, um, that's what it basically is. A, a radio station. Um, she's letting, Letting uh, information know about TIs over the years that she's known and everything. If y'all haven't haven't heard it, I suggest you check it out. Excellent. Yeah, Glenn Beck and um, uh, that one woman from the Blaze. Um, what's her name? Deanna or uh, can't think of her name now. Um, this woman from the Blaze from Texas moved from New York to Texas. And they talked about this stuff during Christmas time. All the stuff that was going to happen happened, and it's still happening. So they got taken off the air. I uh, wasn't shocked at that. But you can still see snips, snippets of what they're talking about, all this stuff um, online. What you can do to survive it, you know, mentally, physically, nutritionally, um, you know, we're going to have to go back like Civil War times, I guess, and not depend on technology too much because um, sooner or later they're going to do a big hack and there goes our satellite. Yeah. Because already they've, um, they've the Chinese and the Japanese... Red Party uh, were in their astronaut suits and made a very point uh, on TV. Yeah, we're on our way to the space station, and we've got one up there. And who knows what's going to happen? Because they've got the money, and we, our corrupt government, funded them for as long as we did, and and now we're working with the Russians. Really. <laughs> Russian soldiers training with American soldiers. I mean, what what part of idiot uh, people just don't even know. That's why they they did the whole thing in Colorado with the with the pot. It was a distraction of what's really going on there. Something, a lot of really big, major, scary stuff going on there. So be glad you don't live there. <laughs> they want to put. They want to uh, do away with the internet. You know, it's yeah, they tried taking it over last year. 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.